Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And here we are back for the second part of our season preview. Hopefully, last night's didn't sound like too much gibberish as we were doing it around midnight. Things can get a bit crazy around that time. But um, again, also hoping everyone's staying safe. Um, and again, thoughts and uh, you know best wishes out there with everybody, in particular Queensland, parts of New South Wales that have been heavily affected by the rain. But Brock, how are you feeling? You're refreshed? You ready to go again? Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, mate. I'm feeling better than I was last night. I'll give you yeah. the tip. Work's over for the week. Yeah. Fridays, yeah. Good, uh, no training tonight. Got the weekend off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all's positive. It's not raining at the moment. No. Kids are asleep. That's it. Like, can't get any better than that. You're winning. I'm out of the harder part of uh, some of the flood work we were doing at the moment now. We just play the waiting game. Parts of the Hawkesbury and Windsor underwater. We've switched a lot of those parts off and uh, until the water obviously comes down, we can't go back in and fix the damage. So otherwise, yeah. the bad part of the week, which was, you know, six or seven days of hard yakkers, hopefully um, past us at the moment. And again, hope everyone out there is safe. But eight teams left to go. As we said last night, we've still got the Sharks, the Tigers, South Sydney, the Cowboys, the Parramatta Eels, Manly Sea Eagles, the Bulldogs, and the Penny Panthers to do tonight to wrap up our 16, finish building our ladders, and obviously give our other predictions like Premiers, Minor Premiers, Spoon, Top Trial Scorers, Dallium, etc. And our overs, unders will continue. Um, again, most years we've been very, very good. A lot of the time we usually hit the 75% mark or just under. Uh, top eight predictions, I think last year we were seven from eight. The only one we missed was the Canberra Raiders. So yeah. hopefully we're on some similar track there. And um, again, big thank you to those two key supporters that we spoke about last night in Penrith Solar Centre. There is no one better than Jake and the crew there. If you're going to get a system, get onto Penrith Solar Centre today, their website, or contact them. And the other one, obviously, the true blue Aussie bookie, bluebet.com.au for supporting our charity account. And again, uh, the charity that we'll be supporting this year to be announced, but a fantastic cause, and we thank them very, very much for supporting us. Bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website. Bet with the true blue Aussie bookie. And one more piece of news that I we didn't forget last night, but thought I'd probably save it for this one when people listen, is if you liked our Game Companion podcast, you liked tuning in afterwards, if you record on Fox or KO, etc., and join us to sort of go through a game as we give a bit of insight and talk through it. Um, this year, we've partnered up with Hijack TV Boxhead, which is an yeah. app, and it allows you to do, just as the name says, Hijack a game, and you can choose your own commentary. So 
basically gives a listener um, the opportunity to pick their own commentary team or choose their own commentary team for a stream and it gives commentators who are aspiring an opportunity to find their own audience. So um, the spelling of that is hyjakck.tv. So you can find them on Facebook or look up the website hijack.tv. Um, happy to be on board with them and the crew this year and something we'll work through um, and get used to doing, I guess. It's something new for us. Yeah, we're going to be calling games. Um, people, people want us to call games, so yeah. that's what we're going to do. It'll be obviously around. Not like a, uh, not like a tra- in a traditional way. No, nah, you're gonna... not going to find me Ray Hadley in it on here, like, you know, lead, colour, etc. We'll do exactly what we do with the game companions. We'll talk through it. We'll call bits of the action as we're going. And in terms of how synced up things are, I think there's only a couple of second delay in terms of, you know, yeah. watching a game live with us. So for the majority of people that were doing the game companion with us originally and syncing up with us on a Foxtel or a K or whatnot, the bigger difference here is you'll be able to join us live on the night watching the game yes. um, and it'll only be a few seconds behind anyway so probably a quick pause and a play and we'll be in Away sync we go. watching games of football together okay. so good times across the year we'll be putting those up every single week and again thank you to Hijack for the opportunity happy to be on board and happy to help each other to grow so that again hijack.tv H-Y-J-A-C-K dot TV look them up on Facebook their socials and check out the website if you're interested in that app but let's get straight back into it. Boxhead, first team I've picked up from the eight we have left is the Cronulla Sharks, who last year were eighth in attack, seventh in the defense, 10 and 14 uh, was the record. Obviously a controversial start to the year. Fired coach John Morris only a couple of games in. Um, things were a little bit flat for a few weeks. But interesting enough, they sort of fought on. They showed glimpses. They had their destiny in their own hands and they ended up just missing out. Mm-hmm. Um Defensively, they were horrendous. I said it last year. I think out of all the teams, individually, the worst contact, worst ruck work, worst group defense, like you know, tackling twos and threes and the way they worked, and they had the most individually missed tackles in the competition, which, again... It's I, not a great stat. I know I say here seventh stat. in defense in terms of what was scored against them, but when you actually watch them, just from a technical perspective, it was very, very bad. So um, this year now, Fitzgibbon comes on board from the Roosters, long-term apprenticeship there. They have no trouble scoring points. He's certainly going to help on the other side, which is what they need. And they've got some key figures and a big culture change coming here, not only with the coach. Cameron McInnes, Dale Finucane, Nico Hines, Ikevalu from the Roosters, and the other two signings, yeah, Lachlan Miller, rugby sevens player, who's uh, pretty versatile, and Jaden Beryl, who was a former Queensland and Australian sort of representative, 18s, 20s, etc. They're taking five or six years at Cup, just chipping away. Won the player of the year last year, gets an opportunity here. But losses, as we said, Big turnover. Dugan, Aaron Woods, Chambers, Magulius, Nene, Sean Johnson, Chad Townsend. Um, I really think they're in a good position. They've got some good kids coming through as well. A couple played in the trials. Ryan Rivett, another half they have coming through. Same with Stonesheet. Colquhoun, a young lock. Hazleton, who was a pickup from country football. Um, people are excited about Franklin Pelle. I think the rules maybe don't suit him as much the way the game's heading, but if he works on his... Defence lateral, he's certainly got a very, very strong carry, but um, I think there's a lot to like here with Fitzgibbon coming on board and some of the signings they've made. I agree. Yeah, fundamentals, he's going to be really, really strong on fundamentals, like he was as a player. I love their recruitment, Nico Hines and Dale Finucane, and also like a few of the guys have moved on. You know, they've trimmed a little bit of the fat. I expect them to improve significantly in defence, which, as you said, was their 
glaring weakness last year. And the thing is also I expect the competition to probably improve a little bit as well. So the water level is going to rise, but I just expect the Sharks to, you know, rise with it. And um, I've, I've got them definitely playing finals football this year. Um, yeah, just, just plenty to like about them. I, I like their trial form. I just like the vibe around the club. It, it seems like they were sort of waiting for this year. Like, I don't know how they played in the, the last month of last year. It just wasn't convincing, was it? It didn't look like a side that really believed that they could go on and challenge for a premiership. Uh, and they sort of fizzled out. And, um, yeah, I expect much better from them across the park. I think we said at the time last year, like when you fire your coach a couple of rounds in, you're almost writing the season off. Like, yeah. I know they sort of wrote the ship after a couple of weeks there and, um, you know, they were hot and cold during the year. They had some injuries and we weren't sure if they were going to make finals, but... It's very difficult when you've named a coach and for the for the following season and you're just in a holding pattern like they were. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys were finding out as things were going that they weren't going to be there, they Correct. were going to be there. Yeah. It was a, It's a very awkward situation, but realistically, the best things to come out of last year, again, were some of the young guys. Will Kennedy's development, he was outstanding. He was close to one of the best fullbacks in the competition. I thought Trindle at the back end getting an opportunity was very good through the junior grades, now partnered with Nico Hines, gives him two really good attacking options both sides of the field. I guess the only real question with those two is just your kicking game. And you control. They're both very, very good with the ball. Both very creative, dangerous runners of the football. But someone's going to have to be probably the more predominant kicker. They've shown a lot of faith in Brake Brayley, who we're sort of looking at and been waiting to see probably a little bit more from. I think he got like a five-year extension. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. That's they a need more from him. Big sign of faith that they've obviously think there is more that they can get out of him now. So. I said at the time I thought they signed the wrong Brayley, and I, I'd still believe that, firmly believe that. But that. I don't think he's an ordinary footballer. I think he's a very, nah. very good footballer. I understood what they were doing coming through. And maybe we're about to see the best of him. I didn't know that it was going to be that quickly they moved him on. I thought they might have given Blake a year and a couple or something before they made that decision. But Jaden's obviously developed his attacking side more. Blake was the much more creative and crafty and manipulative number nine coming through. But we haven't seen that probably as much. But all the tools are there for him with this forward pack. You bring Dale in now. When he's on the field, he'll probably play front row with maybe a Ueli. Um, Nakora, I can see him sort of rekindling some of that strong line running in combination here with Johnson the first year with a guy like Nico Hines next to him. He's got the ability to drag outside defenders. He's got that run threat. He can draw guys in, create good one-on-ones and put pressure on uh, you know inside shoulders for halves. McInnes at lock when he's healthy. He's obviously already got an injury. And Wade Graham's the other one. I was interested to see him yeah, because McInnes it's a contract year. Massively, he's been the forgotten signing almost. Yeah. Signed before a ball was kicked last year. Had that injury. He's now injured again. Mm. So, but early... I mean, if he, he returns anywhere near close to best form, he's going to be a massive asset for the Sharks. Yeah. Great work ethic. So, early you're looking probably now um, that they're going to have to have maybe Teague Wilton play in one of those back row spots. Dale probably moving out of 13, which is no real difference. And maybe if a feeder gets a start in the front row until they get back, Wade Graham. But I think that suits the way the game's going like a bit of small ball having Cameron McInnes there someone yeah. who can pass almost having a smaller faster more dynamic nine and then someone who can jump in on the back of a quick play the ball and provide you with some good service as well in someone like McInnes yeah. which is what I th- where I think Melbourne are going to head as well with Smith and Grant like you play Smith at 13 and 
Victor Radley's the same. Like he's a thirteen, but he can throw a nice pass yeah, out of nine. Developing, he can play first, second receiver, do things, you know, link plays. Yeah, I think that that style of player is becoming very, very valuable. Yeah, and we've seen like we sort of. I think we mentioned last night like the Newcastle Knights are now trying to push Mantle. Like we saw. Yeah, and try I don't to mind that. I, I really like that. Last year, like a lot of guys are trying to get these sort of guys involved at that thirteen position. But yeah, um, on top of that, for them, the forward pack, you know, they got some depth. Hunt. Back from an injury, had a big year the year before, had a terrible injury if he gets back to best form. Talakai showing to be some good value, Rudolph, etc. Um, so they've definitely got some choices there in their forward pack. Second phase, give me some quick play of the balls to help this spine out. And uh, in terms of their back five and their yardage, very, very strong yardage and good finishing. And Muli Taylor and Sianna Katoa. Tracy had a huge year last year playing the centres, good runner, good footballer. And I think Ramian just got to tighten up his defence a bit. But overall, we said this. They're not lacking points. Um, they've upgraded in their spine. They're definitely not going to struggle on that side of things. But if they can improve their defense, you know, Which even you half is a no yeah. of what it was, they're certainly trending in the right direction. So yeah, agree. a lot of positives here um, from my perspective in terms of where the Sharks are heading. And yeah, I guess, like I said, probably the only real big thing with the halves they've got and the options is who's sort of the dominant kicker, who's finishing the sets. If they're kicking out of yardage, who's sort of that guy... Uh, I think probably more so Trindle. Um, but then again, Matty Moylan taking a huge haircut, staying also gives them versatility within those key positions. They've got guys there who they can rotate between one, six halves if they need to, or they get injuries. And um, the outside back thing, I think we spoke about. Personally, I saw a couple of people say they thought they were a bit short in the outside backs, but I see two or three guys there that can play centers and cover those sort of positions yeah. as well. So. Overall, trending in the right direction and moving forward for next year, a good sign again is off contract. Huge names in Wade, Graham and Andrew Fafita, which are probably about $1.5 million. And if they're not good to go, not only have they already got a good base here and a young side and some good veterans and a good spine, they've got more money to spend. Yeah. So it's a real good situation if you're Cronulla right now. I'd expect probably both those lads to stay for a little bit of unders and it's going to free up some coin. Mm. Wade. Or, yeah, they may, they may retire. Like, Fafita's had chronic knee issues and Graham's yeah. obviously had his, his And the big scare with his throat with, last year. For yeah, yeah, that's true. But so, Wade Graham's concerns with... Yeah, horror run. Concussions. His concussions, yeah. And now he's injured again. Like, it's just been a terrible run for him. But overall, I think we're both pretty bullish on their um, ability this year and the direction they're trending. It's, it's heading the right way. So where have you got them finishing? I've got them finishing fifth. Fifth? Well, I've got them at sixth. So we've got similar thoughts there. And uh, their odds in all the markets brought to you by bluebet.com.au for the Premiership is $17. The minor, 19 Top eight, $1.90. Top four, four fifty. To miss the eight, $1.80. For the spoon, $34. Over, under, 12 and a half. I'm over. Yeah, I'm over. Because if you're putting them in the eight at that spot, like we said, 12 is generally the magic number. You think definitely over is where they're heading. Next cab off the rank is the West's Tigers, ninth in attack last year, fifteenth defensively, an eight and sixteen record. <sighs> They're up and down as they always are. Um, they beat teams you didn't expect them to beat, and then they'd lose to teams you didn't expect them to lose to. There was way too much noise out of the club. The handling of the situation at the back end of the year with the coach, where there was talk that it was basically guaranteed that he was fired. They had two statements sort of made up, then they backflipped on it. Um, everything was just sort of laughable and got worse as the year went on but everything's sort of gone much quieter since Tim Sheen's got back I got a text uh, two hours ago saying they've just sacked someone else in their football department as well alright the analyst um, Scott Woodward Mm -hmm. so he was 
yeah, very close ally of Madge McGuire. A really nice guy, really, really nice guy. He actually worked for a few betting companies before he got into, um, I think he was advising like sort of their list and doing some stuff in recruitment. And, mm. um, yeah, really nice fella, but they've moved him on. Obviously, Sheens is there and um, they've got Brett Kamali and they, they signed that other fella. His name escapes me from, yeah. who's from the um, Australian cricket. So, yeah, it's Complete still even some, yeah, Axe's been, uh, I guess, let go at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of movement at the West Tigers at the moment. I think what you said is, is accurate. You you know, when you expect the least out of them, they give you the most. And when you expect the most, they give you the least. And mm. That's just their reputation and their culture there. And your culture is what you do. And that's what the West Tigers have done for, mm. for years and years and years. So... Look, the challenge for them is just to be consistent. Not to be consistently great, because we know that they're not... They don't have a roster that, that's going to enable them to be brilliant every week, but you want them to be really, really good in those little areas and be tough and, and be everything that Madge pushes and stands for as a coach. He hasn't been or quite been able to you know, transform that into the team or transfer it into the team on a week-to-week basis, so... It'd be really frustrating, Madge. It'd be frustrating the club and the players. And you know, I like some of the little moves they've made. I, Jackson Hastings, you know, he was an NRL player when he left, and he he played really well in the Super League. I follow Super League quite co- closely, uh, and I like um, Olivia Gildard as well. Um, he's been really, really good. If you go and watch the World Cup final where Great Britain play, played Australia, like he was almost the best outside back on the field for for um, England. So I like him. Has he come here a little bit later than what he probably should have? Maybe. But, I, I mean, look at the other night when he was he was one-on-one with Momorowski and I thought he gave Momorowski all he could handle and we know how good of a centre Momorowski is. So I'm, I'm a little bit bullish on, on some of their players. I think Tyron Peachy, similarly to what we just spoke about with like a guy that can come in and play lock and jump into nine, like he's going to give them a little bit of football and a little bit of passing through the middle of the field, which I think... He's going to value add to their roster, so it's it's not all negative. But gee, I I don't like, you know, what the future will hold if they lose two or three in a row. And you, it, it's just a club that eats itself alive, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not really high in confidence. Um, they've moved on almost everyone now that they wanted to, which has been the whole thing the whole time that Ivan did this, Ivan did that, but they'd still rolled over eighty percent of the roster to what mm. they were looking for. I think with Sheen's coming in, the one massive upside is he had them in a really good position beforehand and he knows what good pathways, good development, good systems look like. So the focus straight away has been locking in some of their best junior talent and promoting some of their best junior talent. So Justin Matamura, a young back rower who can also play halves and he's sort of played lock and middle now. Brendan Tumuth again. And he's a young fellow we had for, for yep. four years. Brendan Tumuth is like a back rower, middle again. Henry O'Kane. Uh, Sakuru, Fanua Pola, they've got a lot of guys coming through. Yeah. Um, they're going to put a lot more focus on that. And then, like you said, just in terms and this of... this is what we were saying to the West Tigers when we when we went across there. You can you can have as many of these players who you think are absolute superstars. And between West and Balmain, they had probably 20 or 30 there they thought were going to be awesome. There's three of them now that are pushing through the, the NRL. Yeah. So realistically, when you look at a Harold Matthews squad, like realistically, probably two out of that squad are going to go on and play NRL footy. Mm. So that that's why 
development and cycles of development are so important. Well, they you need, need to keep it's coming. got to be year after year after yeah. year. It can't just be spontaneously deciding that you're going to value development. Mm. And that's what the West Tigers have done through too many sackings of coaches. But even our time there, like they changed, chopped and changed the person in charge of that pathway 16s to 18s within yeah. three years, every single year. Well, we were, so yeah, we were there. It, for, it doesn't have to be something huge, but from one or another, there was, again, different focal points. Were we there four years? Four years. Oh, it was three, wasn't it? Four, three. I don't I don't yeah. But again, if you change every 12 months, there's a different focal point on what you're looking at. Yeah. Whereas now, I think, it said, Sheen's first priority has been that. And the other thing is before... They'll link to everyone. You heard every bit of news about the signings. They were never in a position of power since Sheens has got there again. Bang, bang in the background. We've had Papa Lee sign there and Happy Coruscant sign there. There's no way in my mind I would have thought those two would be heading to the West Tigers. So for me, yeah, I think the only way's up. I'm looking at next season. I don't have a lot of hope for this. So season. you think they're going to bottom out this year? <clears throat> I'm just looking and from what I saw last year and what they've brought in. Um, you know, I liked Hastings before he left. Peachy, I'm not. Is bullish on. Um, can he find some better form there? Do they need someone like him in their middle who can ball play a little bit and probably offer a little bit more creativity through their middles? Yes. Gildart, I've said it a million times before to me, a lot of the outside backs that have come here from England all seem to struggle. It's the forwards that seem to do well. So I'm not that really sold. And then I look at what's already happened for them in the off-season. Talao, knee injury. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a walk-up starter, no, but he's missing to a mid-season Asil Kapoor is missing the mid-season with the pack. Bloor, who went there from Penrith, had a high hopes for ACL, gone for the year. Dewey's ACL, who was the heartbeat of that team last year and the driving force, is missing to a mid-season. Jacob Little, who's had a horror run and they haven't really given Simkin as much opportunity as they thought, is now the sole hooker because Little's out to round four to six. And James Tarmow, who went there as the leader, the captain, a big signing they wanted for culture, played pretty ordinary last year, finished the year playing less minutes and now suspended. So I look at all that and I look at you know, someone like a Tuolungi where he said at the back end of last year I couldn't believe he wasn't playing with his cup form. Talkies is already signed with Manly. So now you basically need to play him because you don't have many other options but you're now developing some, sorry, somebody for another club. Manly were linked to Luke Garner before that and they were kind of icing him out but same deal. He still might be leaving as well. Yeah. Um, Luciano's leaving. Uh, just, yeah, there's a lot there. And I, I sort of look at other guys. Offhand, Gowie didn't work out. McKaylee, when's it going to click? Zane Musgrove, he had with him at South, in and out, discipline issues on or off the field. I look at a lot of these guys, like Jet played the other night, James Roberts. I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of these guys. Nofaluma, after signing the big contract, was horrible for the first half of last year. Warmed yeah. up a little bit at the back end of last year, but it, it almost seemed like once that contract finally was done, that form went down the hill. Um, I think guys like Hastings will bring energy and, and you know try and lift things up and I think Peachy's at that point in his career where he needs to deliver Stefano's the real key point for me in their forward pack and the one I think can make a huge difference he come back different after he played uh, sorry after he got that origin experience and Laurie was their best player if he's healthy um, but yeah I don't know just with the injuries and a lot of what's happened already I know things have been a little bit quieter but if they have a couple of losses early and get any more injuries there's not a lot of depth in this squad um, and all the talk around Brooks again I know Sheen seems to have backed him, but if I was Brooks, I think the best thing for his career would have been to have left and gone somewhere else and get a fresh start. I think he just needs to get away from the club full stop. Whether you like him or not, I don't think it's going to happen at West Tigers. I think it's got to a point where he needs to go somewhere else. Mm. I, um, I think Sheen's will want to see him for this year. and If not, they, they may have to make a decision with Jock Madden sitting there. And 
Yeah, well, he's another one. He's off contract, man. There's a lot, like, there's a lot of talk about Jock and, you know, that he could go in there now and do a better job than Luke Brooks. Brooks, I think that's disrespectful to Brooks Mm. because, you know, you you don't really know that cauldron until you're in there doing it week after week after week. And, yeah, Brooks has, has been there through just some really, really tough years and he seems to bear the brunt of a lot of the criticism. And, look, some of it is justified, but... Yeah. I think some of it's overkill. Well, everything starts with your middles for me. And mm. again, I think Tarmow, McKaylee, Zane, Offerhand, Gowie, etc. I think there's going to be a big burden on a guy like Stefano. I do like, I said, you know, Lucci in attack, but defence has got a bit to work on. I like Tualagi, but if he's moving elsewhere again, it's not ideal for them because in 12 months he's gone. Um, and Twile always works his backside off, but like we said, somebody like a Peachy probably helps that forward pack. It doesn't really have that link play the ability to get with, and now it's basically on Simkin unless they convert somebody else to a nine if he wants to play Peachy or yeah. I think Young Rua got a bit of time from Jersey Flegg in one of the trials. He's not part of their top squad, but they've essentially got themselves one hooker and their best player last year, Adam Dewey, and the one, like I said, was the real driving force, a heartbeat, is not available to mid-year. So <laughs> I don't have high hopes for the Tigers. I unfortunately think 2023 would be my focus and you know, turning over more of this roster and making more moves in the market and promoting more of your kids, which again, your Matamuas, your Tumas, all these things. But are... promoting your kids, they then have to learn in first grade. And yeah. That's, that's an issue. That's when you get yourself towed and anchored to the bottom of the table when you have your young players having to learn playing first grade. And that's a concern I've got over a few clubs down the bottom of the ladder. Mm. And then the other sort of signings were Stafford Tower, who couldn't get around Newcastle. Think he's a good player, but again bit more of a future move. He should play some games this year. And Junior Tupo was a young Australian union player who they were a big fan of. So I see small moves here by Sheens to try and build it. The hard thing is Tigers fans have been waiting so long. They've had so many resets, so many different coaches. This needs to be finally the time where you've got somebody like Sheens in there. You've brought in development coaches. They've restructured the pathway for the fourth time in four years in terms of staff and where they're heading. <laughs> it needs to stop now keep building. They've got this good group of, say, Matt's kids for two years they've liked. They need to push the whole way through, like you said, to get the fruit of four or five. Matt and Moore's Tumas and all that coming through on the back of that, and these cycles need to keep coming. And then these cap moves on the back of that where they've said, you know, in buying these other contracts are all bad. They're all gone now. There's no excuses. The excuses, you know, if you gave a bad contract to anyone after that is on the club purely and simply for themselves now. Yeah. But they've got a hell of a back row coming next year in Papalu. He's young. you got a good hooker coming, which is something of need. But um, in terms of rolling over more of the roster, get these kids in. Um, you know, and then you've got Tarmo and a handful off the end this year. Probably not a lot in terms of freeing up salary cap. But they just need to start making better decisions in the market. Um, I honestly think it's not even next year. I think this year what they do and next year is what will set them up for 2024. And I don't really want to be that downtrodden, but I think stability now within that sort of side of the things. And then again, a decision on coach. Like there's no guarantee that Madge is going to be the coach either after mm. this year. But they need to make a decision on that, I think, by mid-season and go, this is the way forward. These four or five young guys are coming. This next group's coming. We've got a couple of good players coming. What have we got in our squad that we like now? Um, you know, Stefano and these sort of guys. And then let's build around that. No quick fixes. No, let's throw a million dollars at Latrell. Let's throw eight hundred thousand dollars at this guy. Like none of that stuff anymore. Mm. No quick fixes. No bad contracts. No paying overs. Like the fact that Joey Leilu was there and the money he was was absolutely ridiculous. Moves like that are what leave you constantly in this cycle, and it needs to stop. 
Yeah. So what do you get the Tigers finishing? 15th. I've unfortunately picked them for the spoon. So um, someone has to get it. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but there's two or three at the bottom I think that'll be sort of jockeying for it. But I think it'll be a lot more closer contest than, say, it was last year where we saw the Bulldogs just absolutely stone motherless, you know, four or five wins behind everybody. Yeah. I I think we'll have three or four teams that maybe are around the seven and eight win mark, but they're all going to be jockeying. It'll be a four and against who's healthier, that that sort of thing this year. I think the bottom end will be a bit closer, but... With what they're already missing, and I think a few early losses, there could be some pressure straight away. So, the odds there with bluebet.com.au for the Tigers uh, in the markets this year. Premiership, $67. Minor, 67 Top eight, $5. Top four, $12. To miss the $8.13. For the Spoon, three twenty-five, And their over-under is 7.5. If I'm going to put them last, I think, again, last year it was three wins. Years prior, it's been six, four. Sort of around that mark, so I'm going to go bang on seven. Yeah, I've and got say them under seven and under. Um, but yeah, I think if you see the sort of effort you saw the other night, again, it was half a Roosters team. It was a trial game. If you're competitive like that, and you get a couple of those guys it's back, consistency and, of that. Yeah, and if you do that, you you will jag some wins. But I just still don't see them a threat for the finals at all. Um, that it's more just that clear direction, and it's been nice, like I said, to have things a bit more quiet, like what you just said. We didn't hear about a lot of the restructuring. We haven't heard about. With Sheen's there, it seems to have tightened up a, a lot more and gone back to the way things seemed to have been before he left. Hopefully that's the case moving forward. Um, next on the agenda here is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Third last season uh, at the end of the regular season. Ended up playing in the grand final. Second in attack, third in defence, 20-4. and four. They, they sort of built that on the sly there because um, a lot of the attention was obviously on Panthers and the Storm, but... They had their rough patches. They got towed up a couple of times, but they just kept on winning. They beat anyone around them and under them. And they grew as the year went on. I guess week one, they made the statement that we're waiting for. And through the finals, that defense that we're waiting for all year came through. They rolled the Panthers. They got themselves through to the grand final. And, you know, in a very, very tight contest, it all basically came down to one pass and some defense. They, they lost on the back of that, so after so many prelim finals to finally get themselves back there and lose. Uh, harsh reality, but that window is sort of... Cl- I wouldn't say it's completely closed, but it's definitely a lot tighter than what it was. It's, it's sort of a period here where maybe a year or two to retool, but I still look at them as a top eight team. But in terms of gains, minimal when you get your roster in a vision like they have where they've signed and upgraded a lot of guys. So the only players in Isaiah Tass, who's floated around from Bulldogs to Broncos, now back in Sydney... Cheek here, bit of value there for utility um, in terms of playing back row, center, middle, and Saliba Harvilli again, middle hooker. But losses, the three big ones, obviously Reynolds, Gagai, Sua, three origin quality players. Like Sua for me, again, no offense to Queensland set up, not as much depth was in and out of the first grade side there. But Reynolds and Gagai are big. Gagai is stability, yardage, you know, effort, attacking weapon. And then you got Reynolds, who's obviously your seven. Um, but Benji as well, good backup option. Brayden Burns, Mago, Moga, Masters, Dargan, Gardner, Josh Cook, a lot of fringe players. Um, in terms of their junior talent, what they've got coming through, they've got a really good group coming through. Dallas Tunkin is, uh, is a young lock back rower who played in one of the trials. They poached him from the Roosters. He signed until 2025. Terrell Callow Callow could play fullback, center wing, outside back. He's good. Josiah Carapani, really like what I've seen him, a young center. Um, I think he'll be in the mix. Mowali, the huge prop. Um, you know, they've got a lot of good kids coming through. So that this is sort of 
what we talked about last year. We, did, we didn't disagree on the Reynolds thing, but I could see the position they're in. They they chose to pay Latrell, Murray, Arrow, Campbell, Gillard, Cody Walker, Cook, Totola, like Murray. Like they loaded up on sort of those sort of guys and put themselves in a position where they were looking at that and their next generation, and, and they've decided that Lachlan Ilias, Peter Mamazoulos, and Blake Taff are more important to basically retooling for a year or two here to build for probably the long term after that. So with that, they've made that decision with Reynolds, the one being chosen to move on. Yeah, well, they've undervalued the halfback position. If they want to win, then they should have kept Reynolds because their chance of winning a competition now, I think, is gone. You've let Gagai, Reynolds and Jaden Sewell go. They're all origin-level players. And for that, you're going to take a dent. And I still have got them as a finals team, but... Yeah, I can see them sliding a little. I like the coach. I like the club. I like what they're doing with their junior pathways. I'm positive about everything, um, Rabbitohs. But uh, you know they've seen Bennett walk out the door, and it looks like they're just going to restock a little bit, like you've said, for a year or two. And they've played the long game here. Happy to see Reynolds go in order to keep you know three or four of the younger fellows. I, I don't have an issue with that, but I, I do think it doesn't give them a chance to win the premiership. So. If they wanted to continue in that premiership window, I guess they, they should have paid him and you would have then sacrificed potentially losing one or two of those good young juniors. But they've played the long game, as you said, and Demetrio is going to back himself to develop them into some nice key position players moving forward for the for the Bunnies. And he's obviously looking to be there for a significant amount of time. And you, know, you think about how they've, how they've been across this decade, South, after... You know, in the in the noughties, they were laughable. South, like they they were. Firstly, they came back into the competition and tried to salvage their reputation. And you know, they got slapped around there for probably three or four years. And you know, it was sort of Johnny Lang and then Madge that got them back on the map. Won a comp. You know, through the two thousand and tens, they they've barely been out of the finals. They won a competition. They dipped a little, finishing the bottom end of the eight for a couple of years, and then now they've spiked back up again and had, what was it, three or four preliminary finals in a, in a row. row. And then now I think they're just probably going back to that plan like they did post-premiership, thinking, well, we'll just dip a little here, build up our stocks and, and go again. And I, I don't mind the approach. Yeah, I think the only thing I saw in the trial I didn't like, I think he flipped Kalal Matungi. I don't like fiddling with those sort of things, especially when you've had heavy change and guys leave um, You know their left-hand side, which was him. Cody Walker, Kalama Tungi, etc. I'd leave that as is. You got Ilias there. I really like Ilias. I think he'll prove to be, you know, worthy of the decision they've made along with those couple other guys. And in terms of what they've already got there, Cam Murray to lead from the front. And again, one of those guys, one of the quickest play the balls in the competition, able to link play through the middle. Um, the other move, I guess, in the trial there, Arrow playing the back row. He's not a back row. He's a middle. His best sort of work last year was in the middle, and particularly during the final series, coming off the bench, making impact. You know, you're sort of missing that on your roster. But last year, they rolled through a few different guys, you know. Um, Sewer couldn't even hold down that position. At one point, he wasn't in the 7-8. So I sort of look at someone like Host and think he can do a job for you. Put him in there. you still got Tom Totola, um, Arrow Nichols, who punched him by the way, it's Sele. It's, it, it's fairly solid in terms of what they've got. The forward pack's not outstanding, but it's certainly overachieved the last couple of years to what I expected. Cody Walker, um, definitely going to need a little bit more help from in particular Damien Cook, who... Didn't exactly have the greatest, you know, last couple of years. He's still done his job in origin. He's held that sort of jersey. But I think club football 
it's time for him to get back to the sort of level we saw him play to a few years ago. And Latrell on return um, is going to be a lot more important as well this year in terms of what he does, helping out in those attacking plays, link-up plays, ball-playing creativity. Definitely expect to see him a lot more on the ball. And um, they've got options, like I said. They played Taft last year. They got all the way to a grand final with him. He can play one. And in the halves, Mamazoulos is good. Hooker coverage, so they've got some depth there. Hawkins. Um, and these outside backs is probably their biggest question, in my opinion. Um, Paulo, I don't really trust a whole heap defensively. I think Mansour is a little bit slower than what he was. He can get beat on the outside. He can get caught in field. Um, so in terms of what they do there, Johnston, you know, a lock is a lock. Campbell Graham's got a tendency to jump in defensively, but he's a lock. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like a Josiah Carapani get an opportunity. Um, you know, potentially playing in that centre spot and push Paul out of the wing and a bit of competition there. But I, I think of all spots, there's going to be a lot of pressure in the back line and those two guys. Paul Ode might get first crack at centre and Mansour at the wing spot, but it's no guarantee for the season. And guys like Callow Callow, even Zane Bijarak, who played well in the trials, good yardage carry on the wing there. Um, those guys are going to be sniff around for an opportunity. So, um, yeah, in terms of what they're missing, Latrell will be back in round two. Murray and a couple of guys are on injury clouds do that round run. Liam Knight's the only real one who had a lot of injuries and concussion problems. He's not expected back to around four to six. So I'm with you. I probably don't see them being a premiership threat now, but I still see them with enough talent there to be playing top eight football. And their new coach, I think, will debunk the old Wayne Bennett myth that when he moves on, basically the wheels fall off. Dimitri has done a hell of an apprenticeship. Won a Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup. Premiership as an assistant coach. Helped define a couple of systems that he's been in. And then Wayne was smart enough as he was to always have people around him um, to keep him relevant, to keep him current, to keep him fresh within the game. And he's essentially been running their attack and doing most of their technical coaching the last few years anyway. So he's more than prepared to do this job. Okay, yeah. So what have you got the South Senior Abbott finishing? I think I've got them seventh or... Yeah, I've got them seventh. Yeah, I've also got them seventh because, again, I'm sure there will be some bumps... Along the way with a new spine, new seven, um, sorting out a couple of those backline sort of moves and just, you know, how they want to defend and a couple of possible moves there. But I still think there's too much quality. When you got guys like Latrell, like Cody Walker's season last year wasn't really talked about. I think if Tom's not there having the year he does, Cody Walker's year was completely underrated. Latrell, when he's on the field, if he can keep his nose clean discipline-wise, was outstanding as well. Um, you know, to have those guys, Cam Murray, Kalai Matungi, I'm a big fan of. There's still a lot of quality in this team. Still a lot of quality. But um, both got to finish seventh. And with bluebet.com.au, their odds and markets for futures, premiership $11, minor $10 to make the eight, $1.26 to make the top four, $2 to miss the eight, $3.50 for the spoon, $51 and the over-under. Um, he's an awkward one where they are. It's 14 and a half. I'm going to say under bang on 14, but I think it's pretty square on. Uh, I've got them under. I've got them winning 13 games. Yep. Uh, now on to the Cowboys. 15th last year, 12th in attack, 16th defensively worst in the comp. Um, what have I got here? 7 and 17. Uh, it was a poor start and then a, a streak of wins where things just sort of clicked and they were going really, really well. And then again, a huge streak of losses and poor end of the year. They had the most long-term injuries out of anyone. They didn't get the best out of all, most of their top-end players. Tamalolo didn't have a great year. Multiple injuries went backwards. Holmes was moved around different positions. Long-term injury as well. Um, McLean, who's been there, 
has been basically non-existent for the whole time, constantly injured, under underperforming. So, you know, they haven't got the best out of the guys that have been on big money. Michael Morgan's injury in that situation was horrible for them. But the huge upside that I saw after a rough start was Peyton doing what they need to do, I think, and blood a new generation. We spoke previously before that they sacrificed a lot of the next generation being attached to their premiership winning side. They signed a lot of those guys and it's cost them a lot of players. Brandon Smith, Braden Hammond, the They shot a lot of loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Kick out, Ponga, like a lot went out the door in order for them to keep a lot of those guys and they held on to some of those guys for too long. And if anything, making that dream sort of run that no one expected against Melbourne in 2017 made it worse because then they extended a couple of them again for even just a year or two, which again, still nullified what they should have been doing. Yeah, I also think now you're... you're you're putting in your your young players and they're going to have to learn playing first grade. And mm-hmm. you look at how that's gone for Penrith in the early 2000s, the Newcastle Knights in the mid-2010s, I should have said, and then the back end of this decade with the Bulldogs. They've all had bottom-out periods because of salary cap mismanagement or a lack of development or both, and they've had to blood young players and have them learn in first grade. And that's where the Cowboys are at right at this point in time. They've had Jonathan Thurston retire, and then they've had Michael Morgan, uh, you know, be forced into retirement far earlier than what we expected, which has just left them in a real, you know, a spot of difficulty. And as you said, they've they've let a lot of guys go that they should have re-signed. They've got their recruitment and retention wrong. They've probably mismanaged their cap, and they haven't got value for money out of a few players that they've signed. They've got Tal Malolo there on a huge deal. Yeah, and the rule changes certainly changed the value of that The rule changes have certainly, uh, you know, taken away from the value of that big... Yeah, in big a wrestling world lock. where you needed that guy in a yeah, slower game. Yeah, he was game. worth a million dollars probably four, five mm. years ago, maybe, at, at, at prime form. But uh, he's certainly not now, based on the way that the game is played. He's certainly an, an outstanding player. 100%. But there, yeah, I, I've got massive concerns. I've also got massive concerns over... Just the way that Peyton handled his first year. Uh, he threw his team under the bus a few times and outed some players. And I'm just not sure that's what young players need, particularly when they're trying to build confidence and find their way playing in our footy. So uh, there's a lot of question marks for me about the North Queensland Cowboys. Mm. A lot of question marks. And my biggest concern is how young they are and that they're going to have to learn you know, in, in the NRL. And they should be learning in, you know, Jersey flag and any cup competitions, getting two or three years there and then getting a taste of first grade and going, you know, up and back and up and back for a couple of years there. They're not going to be afforded that luxury. Well, I think I mentioned it last night. It was probably a point you should have made at the start. For a lot of guys, it is going to be a hard learning curve because they've missed so much football the last two well, years. Well, that's like, the other thing. Yeah. 2020 was a write-off. 2021, some guys were lucky enough to get some game time, half a season. Well, we got half a, a season bit. last year, yeah. And then some guys were lucky enough to at least train for a whole year or be in their top 30s or around their top 30s to at least experience, even if they weren't playing. But um, it's going to affect some differently depending on how you've handled it. But uh, I, I liked the, the biggest thing last year for me is just what they got in, I think. He started the process of what needed to happen. A lot of these bad contracts weren't his doing. They were there when he got there. But they've recorrected their pathways. They've got to focus on pathways. They had a really good 20s team last year that played in the grand final. Um, good pair of halves. Jake Burke, 
Thomas Chesto got moved to lock after an injury, played fullback in that NRL trial last week. I'm a big fan of him. Keep your eyes on him. Steve Price, his young bloke, Riley Price, in the middle. Um, we saw Griffin Neem last year, Ben Condon in the back row, Tommy Gilbert, Jeremiah Nenai, who literally only turned 18 at the back end of last year. He's got four or five clubs after him right now. They're talking up to $400,000, $500,000 a season for an 18-year-old kid. Helium Lukey, they locked down. I like him as well. Um, and then you got your guys like Hamiso, Tall Uggy, who I thought when he got his opportunity was really good you know, at the back end of the year. So I think there's a lot of good green shoots here. It's not a finals team, but the real question is, and I get sort of what you're saying, I think Peyton, what he did at the Warriors was good, and he had the ability to sort of adjust. I'm hoping he learns. Um, and I think for the Cowboys, again, it's critical to probably make a decision this year that he is your coach or he isn't your coach because this is a rebuild around some of these veterans. Well, I think he's a coach. I've just but, got concerns over yeah, can he the adapt? way he handled last year. I, I'm, I'm hoping he does adapt because what they've got coming through and those guys I've just mentioned, um, on top of what will continue to come through with that 20s sort of group and then smart recruitment, um, I think, again, similar to Tigers, probably not as big a rebuild job in my eyes, but their pathways and the way they're set up, this next generation should be, let's get rid of these few bad deals, let's get rid of Say McLean, who's on seven hundred thousand dollars, get out the market and make some smart decisions, and then you surround them with this youth. So we need Jason Tamalo to lead from the front for this forward pack and guide Lukey Nanai. We need Hess now, who's converted to the middle to play good football, like he did when he moved in there, because he was getting caught out way too much on the edge and that leg speed and his size worked in the middle. We need Holmes to excel in this center position because we're basically paying fullback money for him. Um, Hammer. You know, not your traditional fullback now, which you see probably having 20 runs a game and being busy and a ball player and that, but he has these moments in him. He's just a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, that grubber try in the trial game, moments in origin, open field, loose footballs. I like him there. The halves thing's a bit weird for me. Like, they bring Chad in. Do they pay overs? Yes. Uh, but I think they'll maybe desperate for someone just to steer the team and take some pressure off a couple of those key positions and, you know, get them around the park and... Deard and drink water, you know, probably a little overstocked. You get Deard and in, you move Clifford on, you re-sign drink water, tell him he's a six. Defensively at six, he's poor. Deard's really good defensively for his size. Uh, that, that's a bit of a weird one. I think at some stage there we might see drink water either leave the club, um, possibly if he's not getting a run, because there was some interest, but... Yeah, Hiku coming in, a veteran presence again for some of those young guys. Well, it seems like they've signed drink water and they don't really know where to play him. Well, they wanted him as a fullback mainly, but they've Keep obviously got Hammer, and then they had Holmes. Mm. But then they re-signed, and then they brought Dearden in, and they've obviously got Chad as well. So once they signed Chad, it was sort of like, well, it's, it's not really going to work. Um, I, I get the offsetting. If he was in with Chad to have that kind of spark plug, he was a good runner, a bit creative inside 20, good short king game, but he also, front line defensively, he's very poor. Misses four or five tackles a game. Like, Dearden just throws himself in front of everybody. Um, maybe... He flourishes having someone taking a bit of pressure off him because he's been asked as an 18-year-old to carry the Broncos and then he's come to a situation like the Cowboys. Like, hasn't been the easiest run for him mm. so far in first grade. But maybe with someone like Chad there kicking and trying a little bit more might open him up to run a little bit more and not have as much stress on his shoulders. I don't know. And uh, in the nine position as well, Robson I'm a big fan of. So, yeah, it's, it's a big year for them in terms of, I guess, the development of a lot of these young guys. They've got some guys off contract that they'll be able to move on, um, particularly, like I said, the McLean one's the real standout one on huge money. If he does be retained, it will be for at least easily half of what he's on right now. But I'm looking at Nanai, Lukey, 
Griffin Neem, Mitchell Dunn, Tommy Gilbert, Ben Condon, all those young guys I'm looking at um, this year and Hamisa at the back and what they do. And I, I don't see them as a finals threat, uh, but I don't think they're the worst team in the competition. I've got them finishing in 14th. I've got them stone motherless. There you go. Winning the wooden spoon for mine. Someone's going to get it. Youth is my concern. Yep. Not that I don't think they're a good club, that they've got a good coach, and then they're going to be good. They've got some good young players there, no doubt. Mm. But learning in first grade is a hard gig. Yep. No doubt about it. And uh, the odds with bluebet.com.au for their futures. The Premier's... Oh, the Premiership, sorry, $41. A minor Premiership for the Cowboys, $51. Top eight, $5. Top four, $10. To miss the eight, $1.20. The wooden spoon is $5. And they're over under seven and a half. I'm going over. Under for me. Six so, games, I think they'll win. There you go. One in four. All right. What have we got left? I think we got four left from what I've got here. And we now move on to the Parramatta Eels. A lot of... Should, wake, should go and wake Lola up and get her preview. Get her, get her jersey, get her in here. Uh, a lot of confidence for a lot of Parramatta fans after the way things went during the trials, but it's a bit of a last dance. Last year they finished sixth. They had themselves right up um, you know, to their necks in, in that game against the Panthers. Some critical mistakes and critical times without a key position player. They didn't have a nine who could pass the football. They put Ray Stone in, who's a... You know, Solid tackling 13, who's never played hooker at all. Mm. And he come up with a couple of critical errors, which weren't his fault. They should have adjusted to the situation. They should have had one of their halves in at dummy half, which, again, I know inside 20, that's not hard. Or at least Will Smith on the field, move him around defensively if they're worried if he could be spotted up in the middle. But, um, yeah, they, they potentially could have won that game. But but I liked what I saw in that game. Yeah, I liked what I fine. saw in that game because they played tough in a finals game. Yeah. Too often under Brad Arthur and with Mitchell Moses and Clint Gutherson if they're and the, in the like, scrap. they have turned it up in a scrap. Yeah, that they, game they, like they bought the they bought the scrap in that game. Well, they brought that's the scrap. what I really liked about it. They had that death run home that we talked about where they played like six of the top eight, and they turned around when they played Melbourne, hmm. where they got shellacked for a couple of weeks, and they finally decided to turn up and be like, well, you know what, fuck this, let's bring the gun to the knife fight instead of being the one that gets stabbed. Hmm. And they fired all the bullets, and from I think there, they matured as a football side in that uh, in that two months significantly. Hmm. And if they can carry that in and improve on that mentality and attitude, they're a chance of winning the grand final this year, no hmm. doubt in my mind. If they can improve, you know, as you said, they had, you know, probably a hooker away from really putting Penrith away. Well, if they had Marnie, and I'm not saying like Marnie himself, he's a good hooker. I don't think he's. And what does a comp look like if top three in that but... game? Penrith don't win the comp. They're out the they're out the back door. Mm. Do Parramatta go on and win? Like the the how that game changed the finals is is yeah, even that was a legit quite crazy, isn't it? Which... It's the South beating Penrith first week, like the finals last year were just unbelievable. Even there were so many different stories that could have been played out. Joey Lussick, who was really good the few weeks prior, just having a nine in there. They had three critical mm. errors from nine at key moments. Yeah. Not saying that the guarantees they win, but it would have made a hell of a difference to have a proper nine in that position at mm-hmm. a critical time. So um, it's fish and chip paper, unfortunately, for them now. But um, the year ended, you know. Mm. Yeah, a bit it of would a, have been a burn. Bit of a sour note. And then they've got a lot of guys this off-season. Murata signing to leave. Papali'i going to the Tigers. Oregon Fusey, the Sharks. Reed going. So it's going to be a big difference in their forward pack and one of their key positions. So it's a bit of a last dance in terms of what's going on for them. In terms of what they moved on. 
thought Lussick, I would have tried to keep him around, but he got a big deal to go back to England. Oldfield, um, Hughes, Hipgrave, Will Smith for some utility value, not really big losses. Ferguson um, was on big money. They've got a lot of young guys coming through, so they're probably not too concerned about that, like Solomon Naduki, Matt Komalofe, a couple of young wingers there, and then obviously two of the younger guys, Sean Russell, who a lot of people have seen, can play fullback and wing. Sam Lozu, who can play six wing. A um, couple of those guys that came through with the group there that played Australian schoolboys and all the junior reps. So, uh, yeah, in terms of what was in and out, not a lot, which is good stability-wise. Bailey Simonson from Canberra, I think, is a solid player, underrated, and Mitch Rain on a bargain basement deal as a backup hooker, I don't think it's a bad deal either in terms of, you know, getting someone for 80 grand. Yeah. No problems with that, but their roster... I, I like everything they've done. Their, their roster, roster is, you know, pretty much solid. The forward pack, again, looks outstanding. You've got Campbell Gillard, Paulo, uh, you know, full strength when everyone's back. Obviously, Papa Lee, I'd have him in the back row, not the front row. Um, and probably Murata on the other edge. I like Madison at lock over Brown with the way the rules are going. I know he's mm-hmm. had some injury and concussion problems, but Brown's just up and straight up and down. The way things are going there. Now, Madison offers some footwork. He's got a pass, I think, and unlock a little bit more. You just put Brown in your middle rotation. That's the way he plays. You have him, Oregon. You've got the option of, of Makatoa, who come in and did a good job as well. Um, Cartwright, they used at different times. Bit of utility value there. Still got young Kai Rodwell, who I liked, who they Kyle picked Rock up. played good footy too. Yeah, Hollis, who's a young guy, come through their system as well. So they're pretty well served there. And Stone, who they use at times. Outside backs, you know, I didn't like the last few years defensively their edges. And Penasini solved a lot of that for them when he came in. Not only is he a very good attacking player, he tightens up an edge. Wanga Blake at the back end of last year, we finally saw some good football and a bit more consistently. Maybe yeah. the penny's dropped that he needs to step up his game and to start with it'll be Simonson and Russell on the wings because Sevo's out until at least mid-season and Hayes Dunster obviously the crazy story that was there that that tackle he was involved in was with his future brother-in-law but he's now gone for the season but I look at this team and think the biggest thing is if the forward they've got the forward pack that can deliver they've got some depth there Um, it's not so much you know a question of anything other than can they get more out of their spine for me? And the two players I'm looking at are Moses and Dylan Brown. And I know a lot of people were down on Dylan Brown last year, but I've defended Dylan Brown. I think people forget how young Dylan Brown is. I think Dylan Brown's bared the brunt of a lot of things that were trying to benefit Mitchell Moses. They flipped him after his first season on the left where they were absolutely dominant and had all the tri-assists and all the good football to the right and basically said, fix our defensive problem, which he did. But he got none of the good ball. He was second fiddle. He completely changed things. Moses went over the other side of the field. I think he struggled in attack. And now in the offseason, looking at it again, the the game that I saw, it looks like he's back on the left-hand side now, which is the way it should have stayed. Moses, steer the team, kick, control things, and run the football a little bit more because he basically became yeah, a Moses, professional kicker. Moses finished the year playing fantastic yeah, for you. and Dylan Brown, back on the left where you are, we're not using you as a defender. We know he's a gun defender, but Penasini's sort of gone to that right-hand side and tightened Brown, that up Brown now. Brown did have a bit of a down year last year, but yeah, yeah but you, you can't take, keep all those things, like... take all those things into consideration. Yeah. He's a young player as well. Exactly. You know, and look, coach has had all of last off-season to work him out, have a good look at him. But they've also flipped the complete edge I understand edge that, like, but they would have know? trained all pre-season in that, I know, in that shape. But you've done that to have, benefit Mitchell Moses. Would have looked okay, and they were obviously happy with it, but it, it had teething problems, and... If they flip back the other way, then they flip back the other way. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a young player and he's he's going to get better. 
Yeah. And I just expect Parramatta to be better than what they were last year. If they can carry on with how they finished, I think they're going to be right up there. They're a chance to win it. Yep. Uh, like I said, big fan of Panasini. Sort of sorted that right hand. Let Brown go back to the left where he did his best work. Um, if they've got Papali on the left with Brown, him get back to his running game and a bit of freedom there. Moses dictating things. Reed should be looking for a big year before he heads to the Bulldogs, as should Papali, um, Oregon, Murata, etc. before they move on. It's it's really one of those things. And, and Gufson, again, I've said it before, I don't think he's an elite million-dollar fullback, but he does everything well. He's not excellent at anything, but he's got energies around the football. He can ball play where he needs to. He pushes up to the middle, ticks a lot of boxes, but the two biggest ones, if everyone else does their job, are Moses and Brown. If those halves fire, they can certainly be a premiership threat, but the window, again, is I think is closed after this season. And they're going to be a bit of retooling moving forward with what they've got going out the door. Unless they make a big splash in the market, but um, for what they've done so far and what's on the market... I think they're going to head into a bit of a period like we talked about with someone like a South where they have to retool for a few years. So this is a really big season for the Parramatta Eels. Where have you got them finishing? I have the Parramatta Eels finishing third. I've got them at third as well. Um, I also think Origin will be pretty friendly. There's a guy, a lot of guys there that are probably in the mix. But, you know, Paula, I think, is one you can probably look at and think he'll be um, selected. But, you know... Campbell Gillard again is a maybe. Reed, if they've got Harry Grant and that, unless they take two hookers, you're not going to probably have him. Um, I don't think Moses gets a look in without the injuries. Gutherson's similar deal. He's always sort of on the fringes, but without injuries, I don't see him playing. If they're sort of unaffected in there, it's another good chance, you know, sort of get to that period and bank some wins as well. Yeah, Origin doesn't have a big, as big an effect as what it used to. Mm. But yeah, it's still significant. Yep. It's more post-Origin. Yeah. You play three games. Um. Yeah, so there you go. That's our thoughts on Parramatta and their odds with bluebet.com.au for their futures. For the Premiership, $12, minor $15, top eight, $1.55, top four, which I think is some good value, $4. Uh, to miss, $2.30 for the spoon, 41 and over-under is 13 and a half. If you put them in the top four, that's an over. Over. And there you go. Three to go. Manly Seagulls, next cab off the rank. They were fourth last season, eliminated, um, obviously, by... South Sydney, uh, third in attack, six defensively, sixteen and eight, had an absolute horrendous start, like record bad start, pressure on everybody. No, Tommy comes back, they change their back rowers, they introduce young Shustar Olakwatu. Before you know it, they had points up to Yin Yang. Um, their forward pack's rolling, they're playing early to their edges. You've got Shustar who's a threat to run and pass, can isolate. Halves, get over the top of them, draw bodies in, catch pass. You've got Ola Kawatu, who's a big man, drags bodies in, creates ruck speed, which benefits their forward pack and the way they like to play and move the football around. Tom, whether it be a one-out carry and yardage, jumping down short sides, ball playing back to the ruck, inside trailing, he was just all over the place. But at the end of the day, they could not beat a top four side. And that's simply how you win a competition. They towered up everyone in the they bottom half just, of the eight. They weren't just... Couldn't beat a top four side. They got spanked by top four teams. Mm. They were the tip of the iceberg for the rest of the competition, really, manly. Uh, I think they're in a bit of a holding pattern. I don't think they're any better than what they were last year, but I also don't think they're any worse. I can't really see many teams going past them. I think the Sharks are going to jump up and probably hit their, their level, their little... 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tier of competition. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, everything you've said about Manly I like. I, I don't like their middle. I think they get rolled through the middle against those good sides. So they've really got to nut out what's happening at nine because that's a position that they really need to address. Well, they've only really got improve. two options. Yeah, and neither of them, to me, are elite top four nines. Well, Croker's um, a converted half who's sort of learned a bit of craft, but again, not an elite nine. Farnu's the glaring thing that they've still been waiting on for years with his court case, and then they brought Kane Lawton over. Well, leave me out of that, because he, he's had yeah. three or four years of, of footy. So. Desi's decided to turn Carl Lawton into a back row, who I thought maybe they'd share a bit of time, but he might have to look at him a bit more. You mentioned Gordon Cham Tom... Um, Coming through there, he's played SG man, and the Haas looks like they've conferred him into a bit of a nine position, but again, development deal not available to mid season. Uh, and the other thing, I guess, is just say your middle rotation. Uh, Look, to... I love the way they play. I think the yeah. way that Desi's transformed their attack is unbelievable. They move the ball early to the back rowers. They've got probably the fastest back five in the competition and most explosive back five in the competition. Their halves are experienced. And they're different. I really like the difference between DC and Forum. They're, they're very, very different players, and they complement each other really nicely. Mm. They've got a lot of, of really nice pieces, Manly. I, I, I like Des. Like, Des, he's just Manly. I'm not sure he's, he could ever... You know, he tried the Bulldogs. It didn't didn't work. I think this will be, you know, where he starts and where he finishes his coaching career. He's, everything about Manly is Des Hasler, so it just works. And... My only concern is the middle. If their middle can start playing a little bit of smack-mouth football and really take it up to your top four teams and win the middle of the field and your nine can just be serviceable, they can they can compete with those top top elite teams. I just don't think they can do that with the current clientele. And from what they showed me last year, that's not to say they haven't improved over the off-season. Hmm. Well, they can get some go forward with Tapau and Paseca and then they roll in say, a Kepi or a Sipley or these sort of guys. But again, it's, it's not the most elite middle rotation. Their starting rotation between those sure, two guys that's my point. is really good. Aloye's discipline cost him last year. He went there um, of good value option. Um, and in terms of their back row, the biggest thing for me, like we said last year, they got to the top four. They were in the top four rank, but the three sides above them, they couldn't beat. I think and Curtis Sirenin's a loss. I really like what Curtis Sirenin bought. I liked him as yeah. well. But I guess with what they introduced in their back row, those two young guys and salary cap-wise... Yeah. yeah, I know that. You know, they've made that decision. I've said this before. This is half the reason we see in their gains and losses. They lost five or six guys. Another one, Cust, who I liked for the nine position. I would have put a bit more work into, but he's gone. Um, the only signing was Bullimore, who I'm, I am a fan of from Brisbane. I think he's very raw and someone I would have liked to have worked with rather than, say, signing... Ryan James, but I think Manly's a great place for him to go with those young guys, Olaquatu, Schuster, Hasler, to get the best out of him. He's certainly got the leg speed and the mobility to play in the back row, but as a middle... Um, Ryan James? No, Bullimore. Yeah. But they basically bought James and let Bullimore go. Yeah, yeah. Brisbane they brought in a veteran for their group. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't have let Bullimore go. No, man. I would have worked I with Bullimore. I think he's maybe a 
bit of a project, but the raw talent and the physical ability of the guy. Yeah. Um, the leg speed, I think, is incredible. Yeah, so. I agree. I think it's a really good signing for me. Um, and it shows you that Des knows that they've got to address that. Yeah. The middle. So I think he's, he's a handy addition. Um, Andrew Davies, you almost forgotten, had a great year at Parramatta. Older fella. Comes over, starts in the back row, blows his ACL first couple of games. He comes back. He'll be handy to start the year, hopefully, because Ola Kowatu has a potential fractured arm, Schuster's ankle. So for the first four to six rounds, their back row is not there. So that puts even more pressure on their middles because those guys certainly helped out. They were really good points yeah. to early shift and generate quick play the ball. So you potentially have Bullimore and Davey in the back row along with Tapia and Paseca and all the Jake lovers out there, I'm sorry, He's no longer allowed to pass football. No more well, slow. Yeah, well, he, out of these 13s that we've got going, he's just a plotter. He power walks, he passes. Like, you need to have the threat to be able to get your nose through the line, generate ruck speed, and then sort of ball play off the back of it. The sort of pre-line stuff where it's a little bit slow and predictable. I like when he links with his brother and does that inside sort of tip and plays a little bit wide of the ruck and that. But in terms of moving it um, from that middle point of the field... I think we need to see less of it. Jake, just stick to the defense. Good shots, rattle and blokes, rib cages, crash in, quick play the balls. Less of the sort of link player. I think he's a little bit too slow to be on that link player to the middle of the field. Um, that's just my opinion. But yeah, plenty of outside back speed. Need to tighten up their right edge defensively as well. In the finals last year, Harpo, who had a really good year, um, they found a lot of grief when they come up against South Sydney in the storm. They really went after that spot on the field. So between him and Cherry Evans, definitely a little bit of work needed. And um, like we said, in those games, they showed no patience. They're very, very good when things are going their way and they can attack and it's all well and good. But against those better sides, they need to be more patient, more disciplined with the football and cycle a bit better and earn their opportunities to attack. So we'll see if they can elevate from some of those positions. But similar to you, um, probably a couple of middles, if like say Bloomer develops and Allo steps up to help out with Paseca and Tapiao. The nine spot in those back rowers, if that sort of elevates, they might be able to challenge some of those guys above. But I'm with you. Sort of got them at a you know a four or a five sort of spot. And I'm not quite sure they're a premiership threat, but I could see a team like them making it to a prelim with everything going right. Yeah, well, they so, did last year. Yeah. Uh, where have you got the Manly Seagulls finishing? Six. Sixth? Yeah, but I've got them on the same tier. I've got Cronulla and Manly just on that little shelf below the, the top four. Yeah. I've got them fifth, um, but again, all this really hinges on health. And right now, Olaquatu, Schuster, again, four to six weeks. Even Dylan Walker, I forgot to mention, great off the bench last year. He might be missing. Aloe is suspended for the first four rounds. It might be a slow start. It's eerily similar yeah. to last year. Yeah, it might be a bit of a slow start. And um, actually looking forward to hopefully seeing a bit of Young Cooler, um, who had that record running speed, come through their grades there. And a the guy they signed from the Roosters who played no games last year, got injured. Christian Tuipoloto, I heard really good things while he was at the Roosters. Played zero football, but uh, we might see those guys at some point as well this year. So there you go. Their odds with bluebet.com.au in terms of their futures for the Premiership. $8 for the Manly Seagulls, seven fifty for the minor, $1.15 for the top eight. Eighty top four to miss the top eight four fifty for the wooden spoon, eighty one dollars and the over under uh, another one again that I was sort of iffy on. It's fifteen and a half. Last year they finished fourth and they won sixteen. Yeah, I got them. I got them under, but I think they'll yeah probably win fourteen fifteen games. I got them bang on again, similar. So I've gone under at fifteen, but yeah, it's it's a tough one that one. It's right on the money by the bookies, that's for sure. But. 
two left. Well, especially when you say that they might start slow. Yeah, well, missing, what, Shurstar, Lokoa to LIA to start you know, with. What's, that means they're going to win 16. They can only lose eight games. They yeah. might lose three of their first four. Well, yeah. last year, like you said, they, I think they lost they four lost or five four? in a row. Yeah, they lost they? four in a row, then beat, beat Manly the Warriors by point, a field goal. And then the Mudgy Massacre. Yeah, so that was the trigger, the, the Manly field goal game, and then the Mudgy Massacre. Yeah. Was the beginning. Super. We played them in the form. Yes, you did. Uh, second last team we've got here is the Bulldogs. Stone motherless last last year by a country mile. 15th defensively, last in attack, 3-20 and 20 run record. It was a very hard year. Um, chopping and changing between spine position halves. Lots of injuries. Things definitely were looking very, very downtrodden. They offloaded a shit ton of players and have pretty much well, they, they needed to. waited for a year or two to offload some salary cap. Barrett got, spent a lot of money the year before and didn't do a very good job of it, if you're being honest, because they've already iced Corey Allen, they've already iced uh, Flanagan, and the other one was Nick Kotrick, who they've now paid some of his money to leave and go back to the Canberra Raiders. So in terms of first signings with the salary cap freedom they've got, they got all those wrong, you'd have to say, in terms of decisions. Um, they've had a huge class here that a lot of people are sold on right now, but individual talent doesn't exactly solve everything in a team sport. It needs to fit together, it needs to work together, it needs to play together, but they've brought in Matt Burton, who's the huge name, Josh Adakar from Melbourne Storm, Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pengo Jr., Matt Dufty, Josh Cook as uh, a bit of an underrated one and value one from South, Young Walker, Max King, Braden Burns, and Reese Hoffman. Losses, Nick Kotrick, Nick Meany, Renoff Tony, Will Hopawade, Adam Elliott, Lachlan Lewis, Dylan Napa. Um, Katoa, Britt, Smith, Romanos, Halida, Dietz, Ofahiki Ogden, Filikiko, Manu, John Asiata. It's it's half a team. And um, in terms of youth for them, luckily they've had a bit of a group come through the last few years. SG Ball, Flegg, got some names there that will hopefully push through. Paul Adamotti is the big one who a lot of people saw the highlight last year of him playing ball. He's done the whole preseason. He's unfortunately got injured now. He's a young centre. Well, he played an NRL trial and looked out of his depth. So. Yeah. Well, he's only yeah. 18. you got to learn in first grade. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. He, ne- he needs a good stinning cup. Yeah. He's and going to be a future superstar, no doubt about it, if he's cradled and handled the right way. And we've just seen again, pushed in that and played a couple of games. Now he's got an eight-week injury with his ankle. So it's a lot to ask for an 18-year-old yeah. kid. Um, Chris Patolo got some games late last year. I've heard good things about the way he's trained this preseason. Khaled Rajid, who we saw, a young half. Diego Bravo, Eli Clark, Declan well, Casey. Played, played two games for me last mm. year. Lip Boy, Hot Boy, they've got a couple of young guys that are pushing through at some positions. We might see play some cup and progress moving forward, but that's another point of focus. We talked about them back in the day. The Bulldogs used to produce some really good players, but with Des there, it sort of went away from that. They were mm. spending top end and buying a lot of good guys. They completely neglected their junior systems, so um, it's going to take a few years again for them to push some guys through, but those sort of names we just mentioned are the first few green shoots that are coming from that that lead to them not having to go out and recruit as heavily. Um, but in terms of that recruitment, like we said, huge turnover, a lot of big names in. And I sit here and I look at it like a forward pack of Thompson and Vaughan in the front row with Pengai Jr., Hetherington and Jackson at lock and think that forward pack can do some serious damage. My biggest problem there is discipline. Thompson has not been able to string together more than two or three games without getting suspended. Jack Hetherington's lucky to sneeze on a football field and not get suspended. Um, and then you've got Tavita Pungai Jr., who... Some days wants to be an absolute world beater. Some days looks like he doesn't want to play football. And other days just selfish like he was in the trial last week where it was all about him. Got himself sin bin, gave away a couple of terrible penalties and you just don't know what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. So I'm, I'm all about well, people about going... cradling that. 
craziness he's got in him and using it as a positive because he's too much crazy. Yeah, I, I like it. Like I think it's it can be harnessed and used the right way. I don't like it when it affects the team. Well, Wayne Bennett and couldn't it, harness it. It, it so. certainly affected the team in that trial game. So yeah. that's going to be the challenge for the coaching staff. He's been able to collectively bring that into line and make sure that it's assisting the team, not not uh, you know impacting the team in a negative way. Well, if Thompson, Hetherington, and him can clean up their discipline along definitely. with Vaughan and Jackson, you've got def- you've got a forward pack there to lay a platform. Yep. and do a very very good job. Outside of that, then it gets pretty thin. But outside backs as well, recruited very well. Dufty, I think again he's not a yardage guy. He's not great under the high ball. He's not going to have twenty carries. But in terms of good ball and attacking opportunities. He's going to pop up. He's going to be explosive. He can create numbers for you. He can ball play. Adokar, Burns, Naden, you know, etc. They've brought a lot of speed in. I liked Shoot last year. I thought he was a real positive for them. Um, but again, I look at the spine and just think Burton doesn't solve your problems. Like Burton's come from playing with Arby, Cleary, Luai, like guys in key positions and just allowing him to be himself and do what he does best even when he does play in the halves, which is run the football. Well, we had shot last year, and you know I know that <clears throat> the Bulldogs were, were asking about him a lot, and you know he played a handful of games for us, got injured, and then came back and played another handful. And the the comment and the general consensus from us was that you know he, like he needs to play a lot of cup, he needs he needs a season in cup. But the situation that the Bulldogs are in again, like he had to play first grade, and you you just end up making your mistakes at the highest level. So it'll be interesting to see whether you know he can maintain a good consistent year in first grade uh, because the Bulldogs are going to need it. Yeah, well, I, again, Abrillo to me is the same as Burton. He's a guy who's come through a gun ball runner who's played fullback, centre yeah, and six. He's not a comfortable seven. But he's not a seven. Yeah, he's, he's never been a seven. seven. They're trying to turn him into a seven and this whole Flanagan thing is just a joke. Like, you've bought him, you give him a three-year deal, barely plays for a month and now he's just been completely iced. Like, it's very obvious what's going on. Yeah. Um, but... You know, give him four well, minutes. They're trying, to, they're trying to dump the contract. Yeah, but you've given him four minutes But you're in the trying last to dump the contract on someone who you're not giving a chance to play. Exactly. And how are you going to move on someone if you're, again, not showing anyone else to have a possibility to even consider taking yeah, it? There must be a method to the madness. I, just yeah, don't know what it I is. think it's stupidity if we're being completely honest. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Barrett this year. Um, and we always said it as well. I've said it as well. I've always be wary when Gus comes in. We saw what happened at Penrith. He's now in that position there. I know he's got a connection. Um, but even moving forward, like the kick-out signing, the sort of money they're talking, I think it's a bad signing. To think next year you could have kick-out and Pangai Jr. We're talking about potential and talent. Oh, no, I'd rather kick-out than Pangai All this Jr. sort of stuff. Yeah, but I'm not paying 800 and 750 mm. for both of them. No, I agree. I'd have it's, one and I'd have kick-out. So. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know. Gus will do a fantastic job getting their development right and rebuilding the roster. I think he showed... Point. At the back end of Penrith, though, that he probably shouldn't have yeah, he as much control. Contracts. Like every right. one of those bad contracts was moved on by Ivan in that eighteen month period to transition to what then turned into that eighteen in a row. Yeah, but I mean so. that that group that's come through that twenties group, he yeah essentially and, was had a hand in that's also creating the Matt system. Cameron and Ivan clear yeah, as well. Yeah, I understand. Like, that. It's not all Gus Gould, but Gus Gould got Ivan and got Matt Cameron to the yeah, club. Yeah, hundred percent. So he, that, he, that's what he does. He, he gets deserves a lot for where the club is. And he'll build he'll build the structure for, you know, a good club yeah, moving forward. Good finances and good partners. He does a lot of good things for clubs in yeah, that sense. But I think it's still a lot more uh does a lot more good than harm. Yeah. Still in terms of the football side of things, I hope it doesn't 
turn into a Penrith situation where, again, like we're hearing here, Flanagan's training well and he's definitely with an opportunity to play, but yet he plays four minutes. Like, it's, it's a load of bullshit. Plain and simple. Like, he's not getting an opportunity. He probably won't get an opportunity. Well, I think the other night also they played a reserve grade trial. So a lot of the guys that were the high numbers for the Bulldogs in the NRL actually played a uh, a New South Wales Cup trial that after, same afternoon against Newtown. Mm. And then some of those guys had to travel across and then play at the back end of the first grade trial. So it's not like they didn't get footy, but I agree it wasn't a great look to give them five minutes yeah, well, to dress them warm up do everything yeah. like that and bring them out like, no I agree, I, agree with that. I, don't, I don't think it was a good I don't think it was a good look no um, or a good move for those players like it it certainly doesn't do their headspace any good I think for Avarillo he can't be the seven but they're going to make him be there I still think again similar to Burton well you're then going to split the seven ball roll up between two sixes like just say listen like who's Firstly, who's going to push the side around? Who's going to kick? That's just Let it. Burton kick, and you're going to have to teach Avarillo. If you're not going to play Flanagan or play a genuine seven, you're going to have to teach Avarillo how to push the side around. And again, though, you're not going to get that sort of help around from what you've got otherwise. Like, Marshall King's side, I think he's a bit underrated. But again, but he doesn't have that in him. It's not going to give you more than nine or be a superstar marquee player. Um, Dufty at one, again, good inside 20, good attacking player, but is not that sort of player. Like, it's basically all been delivered on a guy that's never played seven and then buying Matt Burton from Penrith and being like, well, you do the kicking, you'll be controlling a lot I'm, more. I'm huge on Burton. I think Burton could be... I love Burton too, but he's not a seven and he needs help. Mm. I just think he's going to help him significantly. His best football, again, is with probably someone doing most of that and him being able to play off the back of it and run and yeah. have that freedom. Guy, yeah, I don't I'm, see I'm that I'm huge here. on Burton. I think that's a massive... Oh, I'm big too, but I'm so. also a little bit worried if I'm a Bulldogs fan because if people didn't read into the contract, he has the option after 12 months to deny the third year and go straight back on the market. So yeah. if this season goes bad and he's not really a big fan of where he's at, he's essentially on the market as of November yeah, 1 he again. He could do that at, irrespective of what I know the club he signed up. So. But it's still a bit of a worry when you thought you've landed a big name and technically he's got a 12-month period here. Yeah, but you've got him. After You'd rather happened. have him yeah, with those conditions and not have him. So. so it's going to be interesting to see how it works out, but... When I look at roll, one... roll around with Wakem and whoever they rolled around with last year, like they just kept chopping and changing and mm. it wasn't working. I'd much rather have Burton. Well, when I look at it 1-13, to 13, I see a lot of talented individuals, but how it all comes together, I'm not sure. Again, not sold that the forward pack will be able to stay on the field, in particular discipline-wise. It'll come together, but um, it'll come together slowly, I think. And then just, again, inside 20, who's steering the ship? You know, I think there's going to be a lot more on Burton than, than what he's used to at Penrith. He'll, I think he'll play well, he'll bust his ass, but... Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that. But a lot of other guys, like you said, um, I thought Beyond Yodo showed some good glimpses at the back end. What happens there? You know, do they potentially get to a point where someone else gets a look in over Avril and he moves somewhere else? Like, I think he's probably better off as a center or one in particular, but they've got Dufty there now and they've bought some guys in their outside backs. Um, they're a bit light on in terms of depth in a few positions, so... Yeah, Fatala Mariner was very, very good a couple of years ago. He had a really bad injury. I don't know if he finds his way back in. Um, but Cook's one I'm interested to see, share some time with Marshall King. He was named at South, someone they had big raps on, had a couple of injuries, and COVID stopped him from playing, so he's got an opportunity to play some football here. But overall, unfortunately for Doggies fans, I'm not awfully convinced. I think even with what they've brought in... Well, what they, how many wins did they finish? Three last? and dead yeah. last. Yeah. I think they'll get maybe... To I think s- they'll make that up. So are they going to improve by four or five wins? I think they will. 
Yeah, I've still got them finishing 15th. Yeah, I've got them finishing 14th. Um, and yeah, similar deal. They might but get they won, to... What did they win last year? Three games? Three. I've got them winning eight this year. That's mm. that's a massive improvement. It's one in every three games they'll win. Yeah. Well, again, the moves on top of that and more moves to come and just junior development. But like all these players they're signing, again, like you get all these great outside backs, you're buying all these forwards. Like You need to do something for your spine. You have to get a genuine set. Like Burton's a big move, but the next move, along with Marnie being there, coming at nine, needs to be a seven or a one. Or if they've got someone internally like Coloured who they like or they've got a fullback they like, that needs to be the focus. Because that's the, the positions you've got to sort out if you're going to keep Burton long-term and now you've got Reid Marnie coming in with Kikau. And then just, you know, can you get Pungai Jr.'s head screwed on? We talk about potential and delivering. Like he's not played consistent footy for the six or seven years he's played first grade, and even after being in trouble all these times, still ends up landing a seven hundred thousand dollar contract. Like it's insanity. You, ca- you can't keep paying on potential when someone doesn't deliver. They need to deliver. I really like Hetherington running at small halves, just being the complete nutbag he is. But again, can he keep his head screwed on staying on the field? I just don't know. And Thompson, Thompson's Tom been Tom. awesome, but. Needs to stay on the field. So, big year for the Bulldogs and to see how all these signings come together. And, uh, yeah, a lot of hungry fans out there to see some success or things trending in the right direction. So, for their case, I hope that does happen. But, yeah, I don't see them coming last, but I don't see them getting out of the bottom four. All right. Odds from bluebet.com.au for their futures. Premiership. $26 $26 for the minor, 34 Top 8, 280 to make the top four. $7 to miss the eight. $1.33 for the spoon, uh, $13. The over-under is 9.5. I'm going under. Me too. And the last team we have to finish off, um, our 16 teams preview and build our ladder before we name our final futures bets, is the Penrith Panthers. Last year, they finished second in the regular season. Ended up being the premiers that had two... Huge years with plenty of wins. I think the year prior, they were 18 wins, a draw, and a loss. And then again last year, 21-3. and three. Um, Insanity over a two-year span to be so consistent. And probably more impressive because they certainly weren't playing their best football at the back end. They had a lot of guys that were busted, playing limited minutes and pushing through, but they found a way to get the, the trophy. Yep, they played their... Played tough, but they were nowhere near what they could potentially be. So the... The, the big question is motivation. How do you, how does winning a competition impact motivation? Mm. Uh, I think they're young and having had a lot to do with these guys, they've won several competitions in Harold Matthews, uh, not Harold Matthews, sorry, they've won SG Ball 20s and Cup competitions. They've come into first grade. They've got an appetite for success and I think that's going to impact them. Uh, I think the biggest thing will be, you know, niggling injuries, how long of a off-season they've actually had, how much quality work they've been able to do. That that always affects the Premiers. I expect them probably to start a little bit slow, but, you know, the challenge for Penrith is going to be just getting themselves right and steady in the top four, even if they finish fourth, just in that lower end of the top eight or top four and make a run for it come finals time. That, that, that's been the recipe for teams that are trying to go back-to-back. It's different when you're... You know, from last year when they've lost the grand final and they're just going hell for leather trying to win one. They've, they've now won one. So I think the approach becomes a little bit different. They've lost some depth. They've had a shorter preseason. They're now the hunted. They've had some guys who have had some surgeries. Uh, 
uh, and, and you've got that monkey off your back. So it'll just be interesting to see how Penrith handle winning a premiership. When they did it in 03, I think they made the preliminary final in 2004. Uh, when they won it in 91, I'm not even sure they made the finals in 92. So traditionally, as a club, Penrith haven't handled success very well. They seem to cycle right up to a premiership, and then to a degree, it seems to come quite quickly down back down the mountain. So, you know, Penrith for, for 10 years have been sprouting about sustained development and success. You've got you've got your premiership now. Now I think the challenge is going to be being able to maintain that and turn into a football factory like Melbourne, like the Roosters, uh, and and sustain success for a long period of time. I think that's that's the big challenge mm. with a lack of depth. Like their their depth has been shredded a little bit, so they're going to have to again blood some guys like your Melbourne and like your Roosters do every year, and bring them through as first graders. Well, I see this year. For them, is a bit of a quick reload. Um, in the terms of Catewell moves on, Burton moves on, Naden, Pungai was only a quick stop, Momorowski and May, but your right edge of Catewell and Momorowski is there gone. Burton, who was on your left, which is what pushed Crichton over the left. You're now going to have Crichton come back to the left with Toto and Luai. You're going to have probably Martin go into the right back row and fill in there. And now you've got Tago, who's probably going to turn into a centre long term, likely to be a back rower. Um, and then, yeah, you've had really good depth in some of those key positions. You've got guys coming off surgery, like you said, and I think the bigger thing is motivation for a few of the guys that are also leaving. So mm-hmm. I, I thought Kikau wasn't great last year. Um, I'd be interested well. to see how he plays. Arpy, they had some problems after the Origin thing. Um, and then it was contract talk, and they weren't going to pay him the money. Then he wanted to go a year early. There was some VAC stuff as well, so I'd be interested to see how he plays. And then just some guys to get paid. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but... I really didn't think Crichton was that good last year after having a huge first year. Now he's back in the centre position. Um, there's definitely more expectation on him. He needs to play better. He got a huge contract. Jerome got a huge contract. But there's a couple of guys there now that have played rep football, come through, like you said, hungry for success, had two huge years, but they've now ticked off a lot of boxes in a short space of time. So can they be, like you said, a football factory or a consistent winning model like those two clubs that have dominated the last decade. So. I think the other underrated aspect is they, they won that competition in the bubble. They won it in Queensland. They didn't get yeah, to win well, the comp. Now they've got all the vices of Penrith. They come back home. home. They're going to have a crazy crowd. They're yeah. going to want to win a, a competition. Well, there's going to be temptation the too for a lot of young guys. Yeah, grand final venue in, at Homebush. Last year at the stadium, I'd like to think they're very motivated after not really yeah. being here for two years. But And, and the fact that I, I truly and honestly believe... They won that competition not playing their best footy. Nowhere near their best footy. Well, they, like we said last year, they pushed they all in. They toughed it out. They pushed all in. They knew they had to win with what they committed. And salary cap situation was accelerated because of their success earlier that they probably pushed up their plans by 18 months, two years. Hmm. They had to make those moves to get that title, and they did. And they mortgaged a couple of guys in terms of injuries at uh, the back end there, and guys pushed through to make sure they got that. So... Um, yeah, interested to see the new right edge makeup. Um, obviously, there with Martin and probably Tago, and the wing spots open. They're talking about stains again. Uh, for me, I thought Taylor May. He only got one game last year, but the yardage and the work he did, I'd probably have him in for first crack at that wing spot. <clears throat> That's just me. Yeah. Um, they got a few options there, which is yeah. good. Crichton back to the left there with Toto. You have Edwards back from his foot. Laota Fish in the front row still very very good. Yo at lock Martin kick out. It's more your bench makeup, I guess. They're, they're 1-13, I'm looking at here, and I'm like, it's very, very good. 
you might have some defensive things you got to work out, particularly on the right-hand side. Um, but it's more the bench now. You lose those guys that you had starting, which allowed you to have a loaded bench. I think they'll probably carry Kenny, even for the fact of not so much just nine. They like to bring him out just to get through some work and play as a middle, take some carries. I thought Hopgood was one guy who was putting his hand up in a few games last year to sort of move in and play a middle role. Sorensen certainly put his hand up when he played, and he played in the grand final, had some big moments. But um, the one that I'm really looking at and needs to step up, Spencer Lainu. Spencer had huge wraps on him. He's had little glimpses, short stints. I don't know if it's been just a lack of opportunity, fitness, minutes, or what it is. But if I'm Penrith, you know, they've cycled through Eisenhoof. They've had a few other guys playing that spot there. It's time for Lainu to lock down a bench spot. He needs to lock down a bench spot. Yeah. Has to happen. Um, looking forward also, I think they've made some smart moves just internally. Like the guys they brought back, Sullivan, Penrith Jr., come through their system. They know him well. Looking at Origin time again, Falls, Kurt Falls, the young guy we had a lot to do with who's developed a bit of a late bloomer, probably get an opportunity maybe that time of year again. They just signed Sony Luke the other day who played him on their Toyota Cup winning teams, can play hooker half. Like It's very smart within their own base and when you do become that top tier, when you do have guys on big money and you need to fill those spots and find value, I think they've done a quite a good job. And again, with kids pushing through, um, you know, this year you might see Tommy Jenkins at some stage, a guy they got from country, young centre winger, good footballer, Sunia Taruvia, um, the hooker situation moving forward, a lot of talk about Riley Smith, um, you know, played Australian schoolboys, big raps on him. I didn't play anything other than SG ball last year, but I'm expecting by the end of this year, surely with the raps they've got on him, he should be playing cup or something like that, wouldn't you think? Yeah, probably. Or getting fine. around there mm. after some flag. Young Mav, MG's young bloke, um, got a couple of trial games again after having a big year last year and getting a sniff of New South Wales Cup. Still a bit raw, but they've got these guys, like you're saying, coming through. And also the Puru twins, one's a six, one's a back row, I'm pretty sure, pushing through there, looking to regenerate in those key positions. And a big thing, again, I say about a mini reload and put some of these spots. At the end of this year, you're looking at nine with Arpy gone. Kickout obviously moves out of the back row. Um, and I think they're trying to tie up a few other guys long term, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head, is there anyone else leaving or anyone else off contract? Because, again, they're moves that need to be made in terms of recruitment, retention. Um, a lot of the guys that are coming off are sort of fringe-type players, for the most part, looking here, or guys are on the yeah, edge. No one's, no one's really coming off. Taruva's coming off. In 12 months' time. Falls is coming off, Eisenhuth. Is it Kenny? Or does, you know, Riley Smith, or do they go to market? Like Luke's now in that mix, and Kikau moves on. Does Tago then go to the back row, which is what they've more been grooming for? Or does one of those younger guys develop enough for them to move them into that spot? Um, you know, Jamin Salmon's a young guy they brought there as well. They had a pretty good junior pedigree. They've tried to turn him into a back row now. But um, if those guys move on, and then you've got a position at center you need to open. So that's, again, internally, someone like Tom Jenkins, who's placed center or wing, they're looking at. So... Um, I don't know. I think a lot of odds have them there for the premiership. I think they might start a bit slow, just like you said. They've come off two big years. They've had a lot of guys have surgery. I think the origin period, again, is going to hit where you're probably going to have Toto and the halves minimum along with Yo. Um, and then your depth there is really, really tested. So I don't see them probably winning 20 games again just because of those things. Um, but... Even when I look forward, they've still got a lot of young talent coming through, but sometimes it takes a year or two to get them up standard. Yeah. So 
maybe I don't know. I'm not the, the window is definitely not closed, but they're definitely not as strong as what they are. If they're 100 percent healthy and this one to 13 could figure the bench out, they're a threat again. But a couple of injuries, oh, yeah, definitely a threat. Yeah, a couple of injuries would severely hinder them given their situation depth wise. Yeah, and then next year, like I said, the situation where you've now paid Yo, they're trying to upgrade Martin further. They've paid Fish, they've paid Leota, they've paid Cleary, they've paid Luai. They've paid Crichton. They've made a decision to keep that core group. So there'll be a bit of retooling this year and next year. So I think this is really, you know, if they're going to get another one and go back to back, it's very, very hard to do, but it's going to be even harder next year. Yeah. So uh, I'm not not as bold. I think they're definitely a top four side or they're going to be around the mark if they're healthy, but with a bit of a slow start and, you know, again, some guys warming up in the origin period, I've got them finishing fourth. Yeah, same. Fourth. Yeah. And uh, their odds with bluebet.com for the premiership, they started off sort of equal favourite with Melbourne. They've now moved into second uh, in terms of those odds. They're $5.50, minor premiership, $4.80, top eight, $1.10, top four, $1.62 to miss, $6.50 for the spoon, $151. And their over-under is 17 and a half. Um, I think, again, right on the money. Like I said, I don't see maybe 20 wins. I reckon 18 I've got a man 16. I think sort of on the money. So I've gone under at 17. Yeah, I've gone under. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be right. Oh, because around. I think they might start a little bit slow. Yeah, well, again, Fish, Edwards. There's no doubt. There's no even guarantee Cleary's going to be there nah. for the first few weeks. So. A lot and of guys. miss him during Origin. So. A lot of guys. Because I think for them, it's got to be fourth. Just get into fourth. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get to fourth and then come finals time one, the way they go. Get yourself a week off. Even Origin period again. Do what they did last year. Just rest. Play Just the long game. Worry about finals. Get yourself there. Do the best thing for your squad, particularly again when you're a bit thinner. Um, I do like Tago as well. Move into that centre spot. I just like him in general as a footballer. He's mm. someone I'm, I'm keen to watch play. Uh, Martin, I, you know, compared to Catewell, bit of a bruiser. A full year in the back row, I really liked more of him just playing play, middle. Playing origin. And having, yeah, I just liked him when he had the simpler job in the middle. I'm not saying he can't play back row, but I preferred him probably in that role, so... Um, slight change. The other one's probably Nathan. I think Nathan really beefed up the last couple of years, built on his frame a little bit. When you have shoulder surgery, it's a bit harder to sort of work on that upper deck. I'd be interested to see how he comes back just looking size-wise to start the year um, and maybe take a little bit of time to get comfortable after that shoulder surgery and get yourself back to your, your best version of yourself. But I'm um, expecting another big year from him as well. But there you go. That finishes up our ladders. So let's run through on Boxhead. Who have you got uh, in your top eight first? Uh, my top eight. Who have I got? I've got the Melbourne Storm, the Sydney Roosters, the Parramatta Eels, the Penrith Panthers, the Cronulla Sharks, uh, the Manly Seagulls, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and the Canberra Raiders. Yep, so my top eight. Storm were first, Roosters second, Eels third, Panthers fourth, Eagles fifth, Sharks 6th, 7th is South Sydney, and 8th rounding things out, just sliding in the Raiders and your bottom 8 from ninth down. Uh, you go first. Well, start. I've got the Titans at ninth, the Warriors at 10th, the Dragons at 11th, Newcastle 12th, uh, Broncos 13th, Cowboys 14th, Bulldogs 15th, and someone had to get it. But again, I think that bottom group could potentially rotate. I've got the Tigers with the spoon. Yeah, I've got Titans at nine. The Dragons at 10, the Warriors at 11, Broncos at 12, Knights at 13, Bulldogs at 14, Tigers at 15, and the Cowboys getting the wooden spoon. Yep. Um, and in terms of overs, unders, what we had again, 
Um, I had Broncos under 10.5. I had the Cowboys over 7.5. Well, let's just go through each team. How about that? Well, Broncos, I went under the 10.5. Yep, I've got under. Yep. Uh, the Cowboys, I went over 7.5. I went under. Yep. Uh, the next one I had, sorry, was the Bulldogs at 9.5. I went under. Yep, me too. Then we had the Dragons at 7.5. I went over. Yep, me too. The Eels, 13.5, over. Yep. The Knights at 9.5. I went under. Yep. Uh, Panthers, 17.5. I went under. Yep, me too. South at 14.5, under. Yep. Raiders 11.5 over. Yep. Roosters 16.5 went over. Yep. Eagles 15.5 I went under. Yep. Uh, the Sharks 12.5 over. Yep. Storm 17.5 over. Yep. Titans 11.5 just under. Yep. Me too. Uh, the Warriors 8.5 I went over. Yep. Me too. You went over. And the last one is the Tigers at 7.5 I went under. Yep. Me too. I think we only have one different. I think we had exactly the same. Going like that. No, did you have Cowboys oh, over? Sorry, Cowboys over unders then we had different. So yeah. in terms of over unders, if you're looking at betting value there, you can put multis on. Pretty consistent. We didn't talk about any of that. No, nah, so. we literally sat here yesterday because we haven't been together. Well we at never all. do. We never so. talk about ladders and compare ladders. No. Uh, and the final bits and pieces <laughs> here, um, from bluebet dot uh, bluebet.com we'll do some odds along with our picks. So your premier, Brock, who do you think will win the competition? I think the Sydney Roosters will win the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll beat the Parramatta Eels in the grand final. Well, mine's just going to sound like complete. And the reason I've thrown the grand final in, because I've got a bit of history of picking the Quinella. I picked the Quinella last year, mm-hmm. and I picked the Quinella, was it 2017? Not Storm Cowboys. Storm no, Cowboys. No, Cowboys. Yes, I did. Go back and listen to it. I picked Before the, the season kicked off. Yep. Yeah, control. Yep. Storm Cowboys. I picked that one. Well, we've, so, we've picked a couple of premiers on the show pretty well, but... Not that yeah. it's been hard for a long period, I guess, with the Roosters and the yeah, Storm. Yeah, I picked pick the Quinella. So I picked two out of the last four years, I think. Well, mine, um, and they're quite good odds. That that you get 51 bucks for Eels Roosters. Mm, I, Have a little Hawaii on it. I could see any of the top four again, health-wise, form-wise, just everything falling in the right place of those four teams we picked. Um, but I think the Roosters were the real one that stood out for me. If you were asking me with my own hard-earned pre-season just through what they went through, who they had coming back and who they recruited, but... I didn't expect to happen what happened with Melbourne and then sitting down and looking again when people are talking about the future, the fact that I think most of the spine seems to be locked up. I think they'll get a deal done for Hughes. I think they'll get a deal done for Harry now that no cheese is getting moved on. I think with that stability moving forward, you're always going to have Melbourne somewhere in the mix. And then a lot of people are talking about the Bellamy contract. It's to 2025, but he could opt out of coaching at any point. As long as he's there, I think Melbourne will be successful yeah, in some capacity. So, so you got Melbourne winning it. Yeah, I, I honestly, I really thought about Parramatta more to what you said and the way they finished and uh, yeah. the Roosters. But once Jesse, Kenny, Felice signed and just a few of the things that have happened. I, I really thought Melbourne's year was last year. I thought it was it. too. Um, I know they won it the year before, but I thought last year it, was, it had to be Penrith or Melbourne. It, yeah. And it was sort of Parramatta trying to sneak up to that level. The Roosters brought, had a stack of injuries. So I see those two sort of coming back up as, as Melbourne and Penrith maybe take an exhale this year. But yeah. that's just my... Yeah, yeah. Opinion. And again, it's probably, like I said, it's going to sound completely biased, but I'm just looking at the... It doesn't inf- sound biased at all because we're not biased. The inf- I've just left my team out of the eight. So. Yeah. The influx that's leaving just has me thinking there's going to be a hell of a lot of motivation again this year 
to try and get something done. Like Jesse was touted as the future captain. He's a co-captain this year, moving on with Kenny, Felice. I saw a lot of these guys finishing at Melbourne, and yeah. now they're not going to. Brandon Smith moving on is, like I said yesterday, the kind of guy that I just don't see letting down his team and wanting to play his best football. Big thing, obviously, is health. But if Hughes, Munster, Pappenhausen, who's already under a bit of a cloud, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith are healthy, I think you can move him to 13 to cover for Dale more than adequately, and he missed eight games both of the last two seasons. Um, I think Xavier Coates coming in for Fox and him getting coached up again more than adequately than cover there. And I think Nick Meaney's going to be very, very underrated in that sort of Nick Hines role if he's called upon. So I'm not saying it's a better overall squad. They lost a lot of depth, but I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of motivation to have a real tilt at the title. But yeah, that, those sort of three, I struggle to separate Roosters, Storm and Eels in terms of value. Um, and Eels in a similar position. I think the window's closing. I think for someone like the Roosters, if anything, with what they've got going on, they could open up for the next couple of years with the moves they're making. Yeah. But for those two, they're the I two I really looked at. Like the Roosters won a finals game with basically yeah. their whole team out. It's they just, finished fifth comfortably with... So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying last year would have hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. Seeing how well they went, they're going to be as motivated as anyone. They're not going to be thinking about next year. They're thinking about now. Yeah, and I think that's why I look at Storm so. and Parra. I'm like, those two are probably looking going, it's it's tight. Like, if we're going to get another one, this is really... I think for those two, yeah, this is last this saloon is really before good. you dip a little. They're going to retool afterwards, but yeah. Um, and obviously, like we said, Panthers lose some players. Oh, look, Pan- Couple Panthers, injuries, motivation. Panthers could come out and actually play to their potential, mm. not have injuries, uh, play to their potential at the, at the back end of the year and yep. just wipe the comp. Yeah, 100%. So that, that wouldn't shock me. So the odds there with bluebet.com, the Storm are $5 to win the Premiership, the Roosters $6. Minor Premiers in tow, uh, I went Melbourne, similar deal again. I went Melbourne minor Premiers just because I know who I'm going to put money on to be the most consistent team. Yeah, throughout the year. That that's it, and they've Same got a lot deal. of Kiwi players who don't play Origin. Just health, um, you know, if they're healthy and they even when they do have that influx, they generally manage that period pretty well. Yeah, like just, you said, having Kiwis, having Bellamy Hughes, hates losing any game, let alone yeah. losing enough to not win the minor premiership. Having Hughes, the Bromwiches, etc., like you said, Nelson, Asafa, Solomon, are all very key to that period of the year. Yeah, Brandon Smith, etc. They've still got a lot of quality. Um, the spoon, oh sorry, both of us on that one, four dollars fifty with Bluebet.com for the minor premiership. Spoon picks, you had the Cowboys, I've got the Tigers. Um, $3.25, a favourite with Bluebet, are the Tigers for the Wooden Spoon. The Cowboys at $5. Our team to slide in terms of you know where they finished last year. I think we might be on a similar page here, as would be the case with most people. Uh, I've got the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, I've got the Knights sliding. You, can't, you lose Pierce and you lose your nine, good luck. Yes. You're 7 and your nine, and for a team that... Only just scraped into the eight last year. That I can't see them going anywhere but backwards. Yeah, with bluebet.com, their odds to miss the eight and follow that sort of trend are dollar thirty five. So yeah. a lot of people thinking very much similar with them and the improver, again, I think similar boat is the Cronulla Sharks. Yep. Given them, where they're at. Clearly, yeah. Yep. And who their coach is. Crazily, I found two dollars plus before the season, but after their trial form they've shortened in now. In terms of making the top eight, the Cronulla Sharks, they're now a dollar ninety. I know some people still have, good odds have talked about them being, you know, top four. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far just yet, but if you were that confident, you can get some good odds there with Bluebet.com. There's four dollars fifty. Um, my sort of pick in that regard, in terms of top four, I thought the value was Parramatta. Parramatta's four dollars. Um, all the other teams 
in Melbourne, Panthers, Roosters, Manly, they're all under two dollars, and uh, Souths are at two dollars flat. I thought South, uh, sorry, Parramatta at four dollars is good value for the yeah, top four. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dark Horse. So this can be in, in a multitude of things. Dark Horse could be just to play finals, to be a bit of a surprise, or to push for the premiership. My one was more just in terms of finals, and if things go right, I think the Warriors are a bit of a dark horse to make the eight. I don't see them tilting for the title, but I think they're a team that's sort of... No one's really spoken about what's going on, and Harris, I know, is missing, but with the forwards, with Johnson going home, depending on what's going on with Walsh and what they've sort of got there, I could see if things go right, um, barring, again, this nomadic lifestyle and you know, the situation they're in. Uh, they're a team I look at, and it wouldn't surprise me if things are going well if they make the eight. I've gone the Raiders, I think. They made a grand final two years ago. Uh, Fogarty's coming over. I know now he's injured, but I still think if they can get into the finals, uh, could they win four games in a row and win the comp? I'm not sure they can, but if there's a team in that bottom sort of section of the comp that, you know, fit and firing, Mm. Ricky Stewart, um, he's won a few comps or won a comp, so um, he's got a bit of a proven... Proven track record. He knows how to get to grand finals. Winning them is a different thing for Ricky, unfortunately, as a coach. But, yeah, I, I think the Raiders, I just I just like what they've done. I think they've significantly improved their team. If Josh Hodgson could flip his form around, they could be right up there and push for, for top four even. Yeah. Well, they're two dollars with Just Blue the Fogarty bet. part of it, it really worries me at the moment. Yeah, they're $2 with bluebet.com to make the eight, and the Warriors are $4 if you like that outside value. Uh, these ones are a bit more on the outside in terms of trying to find some value, or you can go the favourites, but point scorer, Brock. I'm not clear. I just think he's. Yeah, goal kicking. He's probably going to score, score 10 tries. tries, and, you know, he's going to kick plenty of goals, so. I like Cleary. I don't think he's a favourite, but he nah, Garrick's he'd be the, the heavy favourite because he's a winger, so he's going to score a bag of tries playing outside of Turbo again. Yeah. He's the goal kicker. Um, your pick, Cleary. Bluebet's got him at seven dollars, just ahead. Pappenhausen at five fifty, and Latrell at five fifty. So again, the combination of scoring tries, kicking goals. Uh, my value pick, and again, he's not the goal kicker confirmed just yet. Would be if Momorowski takes over the goal kicking, which I thought he would have for the Roosters over Walker. Um, I think he's probably not going to score as many tries as some of those guys, but if he's kicking the goals, that's my value pick at $15. If not, I'm with you. I'd probably go clear at seven. But, yeah, there you go. Um, top try scorer. Similar deal again. Who, what are you thinking? Oh, it's Saab. I just think he's going to score a mountain. Playing on DCE side. Fast. He's going to catch kicks in the air. I think Manly going to score plenty of points. Manly going to let the ball zip. So, uh, Jason Saab playing on that right wing for Manly. Well, no surprise. The favourite, Johnston's at $8. I don't think, you know, um, he's ever out of the top three. Turbo's at 9 but the other two Manly boys aren't far behind with Blue Bet with Jason Saab, $11. Ruben Garrick, $13. So, you know, there was 20-plus tries, I think, between the three of them last year. They finished first and equal third, I think, between the three of them in terms of the top three. Uh, My pick... I don't love Garrick just because... I think that potentially Foran can get injured. And if Foran gets injured, I'm not sure they're going to be as dynamic down that side. Yeah. Um, he's probably more likely to get injured than DCE. That was my thinking, splitting them. Yeah. My pick uh, is if the left edge of the Roosters is back to normal with Tedesco sweeping there and Luke Keary, that Daniel Tupo would see a lot more action. I think he was about six last year, still bagged 15 tries despite what they had. 
He's at nineteen dollars. Yeah, Bailey Simonson was one I looked at today. I thought he could Parramatta really click again. He's going to play right wing. Yep. So I he was I think he's nineteen dollars as well when I was looking today. Yeah, and a lot of people have got interest in the right. What about someone like Pappenhausen? Like he scored a shitload yeah, of tries. Got to start the field. I understand that, but you're getting value for that fact, aren't you? That yeah, he's been a little bit seventeen dollars. He's still in the bottom end. I wouldn't be looking still at him. Pretty short, when I look yeah. at value, I look at guys again. Like so, people are talking about the right wing for the Roosters, and they want to know if it's going to be Suwali or Naguama with Walker over there, thinking that twenty one dollars. Naguama, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know, but twenty one dollars. People were thinking. Um, the other one for me that I went and looked at is the Sharks boys. I think the Sharks will see a lot of action in particular. They're one of the only teams that seem to play to the right-hand side of the field. So my value pick uh, for a, just a $10 note and a bit of fun, I, I'd put $10 on Sione Katoa at $41. Yeah, I'll give you $81. So, you know. Yeah, we it, son. See what happens there. But the last one uh, after that, oh, sorry, we've got the Dalian medal. There's no odds for it yet, but um, just... A name or two names, a couple of guys. I've got two names. Think. The obvious one's Cleary. I think he's he's going to win one. Yeah, so eventually. If you just keep you just keep laying into him. You're gonna you're gonna eventually ding ding it. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Cameron Munster. I really like. Yeah, I think a lot of people are on that train his, um, this year with what's happened. Yeah, I'd like, well, I haven't heard it, but yeah. I just I really like what I've seen from him. He looks fit. He might have pulled his head in. Um, the the issue there is that they've got so many good players that are going to take points off him. Yeah, with Jerome, Pat so, when he's healthy, Harry Green, etc. Yeah, that, that's more concern. The uh, yeah, the Mines cheese, so was similar to you, except I think Nathan will win one eventually. But this year again, coming off surgery and probably having a bit of a period there, like during Origin and that again, I, I don't know if your poll is high this season, but I sort of looked at two Melbourne players, Harry Green, I think, with a clean bill of health and probably playing nine the whole year this year. I think has got a real chance. And the other one is Munster for exactly the same thing. It's been a few years. He's had a lot happen. Um, when Craig Bellamy's saying, like, I don't want to speak about it too much, but this, I think this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Um, all the talk about, I might go here, I might go to the Dolphins, I might go home, and now suddenly it's, I want to stay here. I want to be at Melbourne. I want to be for the rest of my life. Like, there's just a lot of positive things sort of radiating um, off him right now. So those two sort of stood out yeah. for me. But it's like similar deal. Again, if you like the Roosters like you do, it's hard to pick somebody because similar to a Melbourne or like you know they're going to take points off each yeah. other. If Kiri's back to red hot form and you have got Tedesco and you've got Walker, they're going to take points off each other. If Melbourne's spine's fire and they're going to take points off each other, whereas I think for Nathan, if he's the best player for Penrith on most days, he's getting the three points. Yeah, that was my thing. So I, I know where your head's at with that one. And the last one is your hundred dollar sure bet with BlueBet.com. Who your one? For this season, boxing. I've gone Roosters to finish in the top four into Eels to finish in the top eight. Two dollars seventy. Yep. Go and cash it now. My hundred dollars sure bet was the Sharks to make the top eight. When I first wrote it down, it was still at two dollars ten. It's now into a dollar ninety, but a hundred and get ninety back. Why not? It's almost doubling your money. Yeah. I uh, I really laid into that one when it was over two dollars, and I was a big fan. The other one, I, I don't know if it's a sure bet. Again, like I said it before, I've had a bit of my of my own cash on it. Paramount for top four. The fact that's four dollars. And that all the other teams above them who have had guys in and out or a bit of change to their rosters are under two dollars. I think that's the value of the top four picks, four dollars for Parramatta. Yeah, I think that's worth a, a sneaky greenback or a yeah, pineapple well, if you've got one. I've laid into that a little bit. So I've laid into a lot of things, a lot of futures actually. I'm not yeah. usually a futures better, but I've done some. I've got about twenty futures bets on. So there you go. 
mm. are wrapped up. It's been a, a chaotic week and probably a bit later than what we expected, but we definitely didn't plan on what happened. And again, I hope everybody out there has stayed safe during these crazy times if you've been affected. Um, you know, our thoughts are with you and, and all the best with moving forward. But there you go. Our 16 teams, our ladders have been built for the 2022 NRL season. We've given you some futures. We've given you overs-unders. If you're a deviant punter like us, you've got plenty of things there that you can look and listen to. And if you agree, hopefully you're going to make some cash. That's the plan. That's the plan. The plan indeed. is never to fucking lose. That's right. Everybody out there, uh, regardless of who you support, obviously, fingers crossed for a great season for your team. Fingers crossed for an absolutely outstanding season of rugby league in general. And a big thank you again to everybody out there who listens to the show, who supports. Again, if you didn't listen, you didn't support us, we wouldn't do it. This is our 10th season. Um, from when we first come up with the idea to do the show, I didn't know where it would end up but 10 years later here we are there you go and just loving football and loving i the can't fact. wait to get there and watch a game yes it's going to be unreal i'm planning to be there thursday night for the season opener even if it is a little bit late because i've got training yep i'll be going but uh be and then here. we're heading to eels v Pan- uh eels v titans at uh combank stadium the little girl is a mad eels fan and i'm obviously a titans man so going with uh yourself and mate of mine from school is a mad eel so um that'll be interesting i'll well i'm trying to get back to amy park a few times this year but yeah at, we're going to try moment, and try and get down there had a lot of clashes with our, our football so not having a lot of luck but i'm hoping to find a couple of games late we'll, in the year. We'll, we'll get down there i think the roosters round 24 a friday night game hopefully if they're both full strength looking at that one they're coming to penrith this year finally we haven't been in penrith for a few years i think that's late in the year as well so looking they're at that penrith one last year Played at Penrith. Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. When? That was oh, one yeah, there was out. no players though. They were all injured. That was like no, that two. was a great game. Yeah, but I'm saying the players were missing. Like oh, a full strength up. team, mate. You complain a lot, mate. Oh, well, you want to see that? That was a good players. game. That, that was, was a good game. There was game. heaps of players missing. Yeah, whatever. So I want to get back to Amy Park. Philly Army kick out. Absolute try-saver in that game. Yeah, after laying down on the ground. Yeah, well, he got up. He made did. the play. Could have got there earlier if he wasn't laying on the floor. Well, he got there. Get up, Philly. Um, but yeah, and the other thing, I've got my Melbourne membership, as you've always got your Titan membership, but I was still thinking, we're only a week out, I'm still thinking of getting a Panthers membership. Just, yeah. It's the last year, it's hard to get tickets, especially the way things have been going. I'm not. So I was considering getting a Panthers membership just to make sure we can actually... Hey, Ripia, it's actually, it's, yeah, it's not that great of an incentive to be a member, to be fair. I think you save like $3 a game. Yeah, still. Guarantee you can at least get some tickets yeah, last year. We used to be able to get them off anyone. We know enough people and they'd be giving them away. As soon as they obviously yeah, start well, winning. Oh yeah, and I don't know how it's going to clash with footy. You couldn't get a ticket. So. Maybe a six-game membership, that might be something to look at. Yeah, old flexi. Yeah, because yeah. I already know there's three or four games we can't go to because they clash with footy. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I was sort of looking at it going, well, it's the last year. Uh, the stadium's going to be gone. They played some good football. What do you mean? Is this the last year they're going to knock it down at the end of it's this year? after this season, I promise Yeah. That, that Jesus, was the whole point of that announcement, wasn't that's it? It was going to be underway as soon as this season's over. Oh. So that's what I'm saying. I'm going to be getting to as many games. What are they games. going to be playing? At combat? Parramatta. Oh, cut it out. So I want to get to as much footy on the beer hill before they get rid of it because this is probably the last year we're going to be able to stand on the hill and drink beers. Yeah, that's a scream. And watch the footy after that. It's going to be a corporate stadium. That's no good. Made for, you know, the big wigs. It's not for me. Not yeah. us common folks standing on the hill near the cricket end. Yeah. So... Build your bank, West, and leave the hill. Synthetic hill. Well, that's what I was about to say. Build, build everything syn- you want around it. Have a synthetic just hill. leave a hill. Tear it off. Make yeah. it better. Retain it. Do a couple like of tiers. What they do in the um, EPL. Bar. 
let us stand on the hill still. You can't get rid of it. You need to be out, I reckon, build everything, leave the shitty cage fence, bring back the old Panther scoreboard. Yeah, the just Panther scoreboard's got to come back. That side with Howl Oval needs to be left alone. We That's for the punters. Rugby league in Australia, we just we get rid of history so yeah, quickly. That's for the punters, that end. That's Penrith. Oh, it's in the middle of man. Penrith. Like, it's literally... Well, like they talk about suburban grounds. Like, the way we've grown up, our stadium is literally in the heart of... the. You know, it's next to our shopping centre. If you shopping put like center. a bank west in the middle of that, it just looked weird next to that empty paddock, Jemison Park, the apartments. It just it looks strange. So is the paceway going? What's happening there? I don't know. They better not get rid of that too. Well, Cheap I think beer. that's what's going to happen. That land's worth a fortune. They don't have apartments. You watch oh, yeah. a shopping centre or a restaurant thing. It's, it's all going to go. Yeah, it's just disgraceful. We're going to become the second Parramatta. It's just going to be apartment yeah, buildings great. and shops. You don't have to park fucking 5,000 metres. You won't be able to park anywhere. You'll be walking great. or getting an Uber in. Great. We're gone. I'd have to sit down in a cold seat. Oh, yes. Like, imagine what it's going to be like Thursday nights, Thursday night games when middle of the season, cold as a witch's tit, and it's origin. There'll be like 30 people there. Freezing. Freezing. Yeah, Solar Stadium. Yeah, Penrith, right? The way Jake's going, he might bloody own Penrith Stadium. Maybe. Maybe. You'll have panels on it. There's Maybe no they should put it. a roof on it and you can panel it. You can panel it all. Did you just see? If anyone hasn't seen it, I'll put it up. They've just he's just got a new building for Penrith Solar and then he's wrote the name in the roof of the building in solar panels. Good on him. He's the Elon of Penrith, the bloke's out of control. He's got some issues. He's lost the plot. Yeah. But uh finishing up again, getting back on, on track here. Hopefully you've enjoyed the preview. If you wanna talk or question anything, or some people sometimes get a bit angry, feel yeah. free to I'm not on social media, so don't bother me. Well we've got the page, right. so in the inboxes on there, get the discussion group between yourselves, have a chat. We'll put up some stuff again. I've been putting up the season predictions for each team. We'll put up the season predictions in general for you to give your thoughts as well and share them between one another. But for now, you've got our ladders 1 to 16. You've got all our predictions and futures. Hopefully, an excellent season. And again, a big thank you to bluebet.com. If you're going to have a bet, bet with bluebet.com. Download the app today or visit the website. Bet only with a true blue bookie and one that supports. Our charity, which, uh, as we said, will support someone new this year. Uh, Bears of Hope, we've had some good ones in the past. And uh, Penrith Solar Centre, there is no one better than Jake and the crew there. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au today. Jump on the Facebook page, see some of his crazy videos and stuff that the Elon of Penrith gets up to. And look forward to you hopefully joining us this year with our partnership, as I mentioned before, with hijack.tv, spelt H-Y-J-A-C-K. TV. It's a free app, as I said before, allowing you to choose live commentary for your chosen sports and commentators like us, able to find our audiences and you get to hear, you know, a voice that you want to watch a game with. So it's essentially going to be our game competitions, but actually live this year. Yeah. So big thanks to Hijack uh, TV and uh, we're glad to be on board. But for now, for everybody out there, hopefully you enjoy this last week before the football kicks off. Stay safe, and uh, we'll be back early next week with the first team lists and talking about round one of the NRL box head. Sounds good. Sounds good. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.